Hello, this is Steve Lemmy, and on behalf of my super awesome friend, Kevin Heffernan, welcome to another episode of Chewing It with Kevin and Steve, and mm, 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 hot damn, do we have a tasty episode of Chewing It today for you. We are going to chew something so nasty, but so delicious, you are not going to believe the taste that it leaves in your mouth, because we have... A stand-up comedy legend on our show. I shouldn't even say stand-up comedy legend. He's just a legend. And he happens to be the first stand-up comedian we've ever had on the show. And he is Mr. Todd Glass. He's been doing stand-up comedy for over 30 years. And you've seen him everywhere. He was on Last Comic Standing for a couple of seasons. He's been a fixture on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Late Night with Conan O'Brien. You've seen him on Louie. Tosh.0, oh, he's had comedy specials on Comedy Central and on Netflix. The dude is a menace to society. He's absolutely hilarious. He was actually the guy who inspired us to have our own podcast because uh, Kevin and I uh, first appeared on his podcast, The Todd Glass Show, um, together and had such a good time that, uh, that we decided to, to get one going too. And, uh, and so now we are both in the Nerdist family. Speaking of which... By the way, if you like our podcast, um, you can help us grow it uh, a couple of ways. Number one, you can hit pause right now and call one of your friends and say, Hey, buddy, or hey, sister, WTF, why aren't you listening to Chewing It with Kevin and Steve yet? You should do it because it's a, it's a fine, good time and wholesome. It's wholesome. You have to admit, yes, we can be a little blue from time to time. Yes, we can tell some bawdy stories and swear and maybe be a little juvenile. But sometimes it's funny and sometimes it's educational. And we like to mix things up and, and, and give some variety. Okay, so you can tell people about it. In fact, just go do it. Just tell somebody about it right now. Email them or call them. I don't care if it's your mama. I don't care if it's your daughter. Just make sure it's a female. <laughs> just kidding. I'm, you know what? I normally would go back and hit stop and re-record this thing, but I've decided I'm not doing it. I'm going raw. I'm just letting you have everything, um, which to Kevin's chagrin, Ke- Kevin hates it when I do the introduction because he says I, I ramble on. But my feeling is uh, fuck Kevin because this is so much better. You get to actually like uh, have a conversation as opposed to just some like chunky robot droning on spewing out information at you, just telling you, you know, selling something, selling, 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 and saying the word um a lot in between it. Although, uh, while we are on the topic, I do also need to sell something to you. I'm going to plug some shows, um, so forgive me here. But uh, Kevin and I are bringing our live stand-up show back on the road. We took a little vacation, but we are coming back to your city. That's right, your city. That is if you live in Lexington, Kentucky or Nashville, Tennessee. (laughs) Lexington, Kentucky. We are going to be in your town September 19th, 20th, and 21st. That's in like two and a half weeks. We're going to be at Comedy Off-Broadway, which is an awesome comedy club. It's right on a lake, a man-made lake, but I only tell you that just to give you the facts. There are a lot of bars and restaurants in the area, like, like literally right next door, and it's really beautiful. You can make a whole evening out of it. We are going to come and just kick it nasty uh, and really do a super awesome show for you guys. You will walk out of there saying that that was the best stand-up comedy show I've ever seen. And then while you're saying that, you're going to see us out by a table uh, talking to people, doing a meet-and-greet because we do a meet-and-greet after every show. And Lexington, Kentucky is no exception to that rule. Okay, Nashville, Tennessee, October 3rd, 4th, and 5th. So that's five weeks from now. We're going to be at Zany's. 
Zanies. I know the name doesn't suggest Comedy Club, but believe it or not, it is. And it's one of the first ones we were ever performing at, and we love that place. It gets nice and rowdy. This is like our third or fourth time back, I think. And we are going to have a super good time. If you were there the last time we were there, you know how awesome that show was. I... Well, I don't have to tell you what happened there, but let's just say that there was something about me and a butch lesbian. If you were there, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not making this up. It's the truth. Oh, my God. Kevin Heffernan is listening to this right now and just rolling over in his grave. He's so mad right now because I'm just rambling on. But listen, I like to keep it real. Okay. I want to plug. Um, oh, wait. Before I continue to plug something else, I'll continue to plug the dates. If you missed those dates... You can get all that information on our website, heffernandlemmy.com. Also, Twitter. Our Twitter sites are I am at Steve Lemmy, simple enough, and Kevin is at Heffernan Rules. Okay, then we are also on Instagram. That's the one we're still getting a hold of. You know, like we're still on Facebook now. We've got our Heffernan Lemmy Facebook page. Apparently, Facebook is where the old people go now, but Instagram, that's where it's at. So we're, we're going to young it up or young it down a little bit. Um, and we're on Instagram. By the way, you know, just going back to Twitter for a second, if you want to start Twittering us some questions or tweeting us some questions to ask, we're going to have an episode where we answer all your questions, including the one about Club Dread. Okay? So we're going to do that. What else? What else? Ah, yes. Ah, yes. Something spectacular. Fatty and Tatty. People have been saying to us, where did the adventures of Fatty and Tatty go? Well, we had some legal issues, and we just had to have them taken care of. But guess what? Fatty and Tatty is back, and it premieres today. Wednesday, September 4th, you can see the first episode of Fatty and Tatty, which aired months ago. And also, episode number two of Fatty and Tatty is also coming out today, Wednesday, September 4th. We're airing them both on Loud TV, on the Loud channel. You can find that on the internet. Just type in Loud TV or The Adventures of Fatty and Tatty or come to our website, Heffern and Lemmy, or come to our Twitter sites. We will definitely have a link to all of that stuff today, Wednesday, September 4th. Okay. Backtracking to the podcast again. Remember I said there were a couple of ways you could help us grow it. Also, I forgot to say, just go to iTunes or Nerdist and leave us the five-star rating. It helps. Believe me. All right. Well, I believe that's it. Um, I did some dates. I did some fatty and tatty. I insulted Kevin for a little bit and told you about Todd Glass. It's about seven minutes I've been talking right now. Kevin is going to have a cow. (laughs) I can't wait. He's super awesome. All right, everybody, with no further ado, let's get ready to chew it with Kevin, Steve, and Todd Glass. Now entering Nerdist.com. Chew it with a guy named Kevin. Chew it. And this other guy, Steve. Chew it. From the TV and the movies. And now this podcast stream. Chew it. They're gonna get chewy. Chew it. They might even get me. Chew it. But they're gonna get funky on this podcast thing. Sifta, Sifta. Well, well, now we're, now we're OTA. What's that mean? Um, now we're on the air. Oh, now we're on the <laughs> <laughs> hate my laugh. <laughs> no, I like your laugh. I love it. Someone said it sounds like Krusty the Clown, and it does, but now I'm paranoid. <laughs> it does, but it's genuine, though, <laughs> which is what's good about it. That's why I like, oh, to, so I like to hear it on your podcast. We're on. Todd, uh, we walked in here, and you were sitting outside in your blue station wagon. Why on earth have it's you... It's a good ch- question. Tell us. 
a lot of things as I get older seem weird because I want to say to people, oh, I liked that when I was younger, like with music. When I was 20, I liked beboppy. I love current music, but I also love bubblegum, whatever you want to call it, like sure, beboppy. bubblegum pop. Bubblegum pop, yeah. silly, like, you know, old. So, but when, and when I was 19, I bought a station wagon. But then it was funny because, oh, this 19-year-old kid drives a station wagon. Sure. Right. Was it Volvo or no? It's a Volvo cross country. But it was then, I'm saying. When when I, oh, no. Back then, when I was 19, it was a uh, Chevy Custom Cruiser. Nice. It was like the, the good. We, we had, had one paneling? of those. Yes. We had one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm jealous. I still, I would buy a station wagon with wood paneling right now. Can I tell you which one I want? Tell me. Well, first of all, I had a Wagoneer for a long time, but I finally sold it because I think when I have the money, I'm, I'd buy another one and redo it differently. I took out the original carpeting. You know the Grand Wagoneer. I like the Grand sure. Wagoneers. I took out the shag and lot. I put in the <laughs> carpeting that you have in a Range Rover. You like it a lot? I love it. I Which love one? Those, the Grand Wagoneers, the wood paneling on we the We understand side. he's a city kid. Like He didn't have cars growing up. He didn't ride in cars. He never got his license until he was in his 30s. Okay, well, you, I so, want you to take your hand so he doesn't away know. from my face. <laughs> he doesn't know. You know what I'm saying? I, wish, I don't know. I wish people could have seen how close yes. Heffernan's <laughs> hand was. Because he's got, he's got a wet palm. Kevin's one of those. I'm a clammy hand guy. I don't think well, so. Do you really want to? Well, I wouldn't I, care. I don't want to put you into that situation. <laughs> but you might be one of those. That we've never shook hands. We've just, we just hug. Yeah, it no, wasn't, no, that wasn't, that no, wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad at all. I mean, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's, it's not all like who a, it is. It's not like carpenter hands, but it's like, you know, <laughs> right? It's a little wet. <laughs> I, I didn't notice it at all. But he brings, but also he brings, like his palm brings a, an odor to it. No, he does no. A, a clammy odor. I think he's odor. clean. We just had lunch together. Oh, oh. he's very clean. Yeah, no, so, I, I smelled your lunch. Let me just finish the thought just so I, so, so uh, I, I had a Prius and I really liked it. And I always had trucks sort of before that, like in between. Like, what do you mean, you pickup know, trucks? F-150 or the Ford Explorer, half pickup, half really? whatever. And so I didn't think I liked the, the, the Prius. I did. But I saw that. You know where I do my podcast next door? There's a Volvo deal, a Volvo yeah, yeah, repair. Right. And I saw that um, that Volvo out there. And it was hard. The paint was horrible. But I knew it just needed to be, like, buffed out. Yeah. I knew. I know when paint is, like, looks atrocious, but it's $200 away from going, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and we, I, we had heard that about you before we met you for no, the first time. Did. They were like, you know what, Todd Glass, he knows paint. Yeah, car, knows particular car paint. car paint. Yeah, he knows how to buff it out. And the two front seats, because it's ten years old. That car, the two front seats were, you know, where they look worn. So I had the leather redone on the two front seats, buffed it out. This it, car I just saw. Yeah, that one. It looks. Yeah, brand it looks. New. It looks, it looks I, brand because, new. I know. And then I and so and then I brought it back. That's my whole big thing to bring it back. And then the guys, like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know why. I need to let him see yeah. that you know that was look he, what I did. He could have sold that for more if he would have put like maybe I think I put like six seven hundred dollars into it between. <laughs> We heard that about you too. They're like Todd for two hundred bucks. He can he can paint the shit out of a car, but he's also kind of a cunt about it. Like he'll <laughs> he'll bring it back and show you, yeah. you know what. Oh, what do you think it is? Your nose in. He'll rub your nose in. Oh, yeah. we, oh, you, yeah. oh, you didn't know it could be buffed out. So I always wanted a cross country, so I did it. But you know, I'll see how long I keep it. You know, it looks like you know when we pulled up and I saw like you pointed to me because you were you were pulling in. And while I was surprised that you were driving a station wagon, I was like, oh, Todd Glass has some money. Because it looked really <laughs> nice, expensive-looking It does. Station but now wagon. you tell us that it's not new. So like, No, it's, it's not, not even new. Yeah. I, well, I, I, I won't even say what I paid for it because it was so cheap. But I would expect you, like, because you, you know, it's like I always talk about the, your tattoos and how tough I think you look. I know. I like that. Like, you look That's like a, a mechanic. Really? Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. 
shit, this is the, it could not go better. You know, the, if you only knew how much that meant to me, in a silly way, and serious, yeah. uh, because that's, my whole thing is like, when I got the tattoo, a girl goes, you look like, because my hair's short, yeah, you know, I had the right. clean part that day, she goes, you look like you could have been like, maybe a little rough when you were younger, but now you cleaned up, maybe you uh, own a motorcycle repair shop, I'm okay. like, shut the fuck up, come over here, I'm going to give you a big hug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel the same way about you. Yeah, do you well, know anything about cars, though? Do you know? Do nothing. You okay. Nothing. Okay. I know a lot about land. Landscaping, that's probably the toughest thing I know. You know what? I know more about cars maybe than I think. Right. Have you, been, have you ever been cars, to like a, like a juvenile delinquent uh, center? No. Reform no. school? The worst I ever... I went to a lot of special schools. You did? Honestly, because they didn't know a lot about dyslexia back then. Okay. So, and you're dyslexic. I am. And okay. I think that's what I have. I know I have something. Yeah. You know, I know people say, oh, everyone's got something. But there's legitimate things people have. I just have. think you have a good sense of humor. Thank oh. you. That's, thank you. I don't have anything. I like your hat, by the way. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Katie, Katie gave it to me. I can't believe that I could sit down with you guys this long and not mention that you have a, a hat with a spinny wheel on it's it. It's a beanie. He's got a beanie with one of those propellers. A little on helicopter hat. And yeah. the tag still. Yeah, the tag. Well, I just received it. It was a gift from our lovely producer, Katie Aww. Levine. Kate, we got to have Katie this week because Aristotle was sick. Oh, well, we've been meaning. I'd like to get to the bottom of that a little bit, mm, actually. I'm suspicious already. Uh, wait, wait, can we just say first the Todd Glasses here? Yeah. We haven't even introduced him. <laughs> Very professional. Yeah, but most people could see it on the thing. They anyway. could, but yeah. it's still, it's good because this is when we make uh, Todd chew. Yeah, yeah. But what will happen is, because uh, I was listening to one of our podcasts, yeah. t- casts today, yeah. and, uh, you know, the name appears on my iPhone. Yep. And then you come in and say what the episode is about. What if you're blind? And then... What if you're blind? What if you're blind? And yeah, then, what if you're blind? That's what if you're true. blind, you dick? And then the episode starts and we do it again. What if you're blind? So what by now blind? they know who's on the what show. What if you're blind? It's yeah. Todd Glass. What if you're blind? Okay. There, there you right. go. I Boom. introed you. What guy. if you're blind? The Wagoneer. I don't... I, wait, you know what? You're in control. You know, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the tables have turned. Todd, Todd, Todd this isn't your show. I know. I like it. I'm so relaxed. So just do us a favor and shut the fuck up. Okay. <laughs> no one wants to hear about the fucking painted car anymore. Oh, I thought the Wagoneer you wanted to talk about. Oh, I do. About. I, I do. Like I do. I want to. I lo- you Rich know the- people had those Wagoneers. That's why I wanted one so bad. And that was like. They made a joke about it in that uh, movie that just came out, that uh, Larry David movie that's on HBO. Did you watch Oh, that? really? No, no, no. The, um, what's the name of that movie? History. Yeah, Clear History. 91 was the last year yeah. they made that, that. Is that right? Even though it looks like it was stopped making it in the eight, 70s even. Sure, yeah. Uh, 91. It just looks so archaic, which I loved about it. And God. then they updated. Look at the Wagoneer from 91 to 92. I mean, they, I'm sure they sell more, but it, ugh. Now they're thinking about making a retro Wagoneer. Do you know that, remember like the first time we met and we did your podcast and we talked about getting older and how it's like you only seem older to other people? And there are things that you talk about, one, speaks about which they cannot help that make them sound older and this i find is one of those things it's like i do this all the time what you, you talk about like you know what the older the older grand wagoneer that was a, the 91 that was a good that was a good wagoneer that was a good one well, 92 is when it all went to the here's why it makes me cringe a little but you're right well maybe you're half right uh, I'm not one. Of, I, I'm not a back then type person. You know, for a lot of things, I like, go oh, music, music. You know, there's always there's good music today. I don't. I will never turn into that person. Sure, I'll, I'll be this way when I'm 90. I used to think. I hope I stay this way. Someone said, if you're if you're this way at 30, you're probably gonna be okay <laughs> because yeah, I, people start at 25 going oh back and yeah. back. The, the, what I mean by that was like I'm aware that that car didn't sell a lot because even in 91 it looked like this car that was from the 70s. Yeah, I liked it because it looked archaic. Even as a kid, I liked it. Right, but. 
masses, I'm sure in 92 they sold a lot more because it looked like an cool. up-to-date car. Perhaps, perhaps. But even I, I say this, even like referring to 91 is like you realize, you know, like my, my wife was born in 81. So he and, and she's old by today's standards. She's 32. Sure. So like, you know, really. Gross. Yeah, I disgusting. know. Disgusting. Robbing the cradle, you piece of shit. No, I meant how old is she is. Oh, okay. it's, <laughs> it's time to turn <laughs> her in, you know, yes. swap her out. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, my, my third wife hasn't even been born yet. It's know? true. That's yeah, the beauty of it. If, if your career goes, if you have success in the next two years, your third wife hasn't been born. Yeah, yeah. that's what she'll they, come along. By the way, there's a comedian. Oh, and I should know his name. Because he says that, and it's the first time he said it, it made me. Oh, laugh. he so did. He goes, "If my career keeps going the way it's been going, my wife hasn't even been born yet." Oh, let's find who out who it? that is. And Katie, maybe who is it? Um, let's talk about Steve Kate. Lemmy. His name's Steve Lemmy. Steve Lemmy. Um, we, we wanted to get to the bottom of the the Katie controversy that you have. There's no Katie. Well, you have the you have the hottest <laughs> podcast, uh, what, number one podcast according to Podcast of America, right? What's well, the what's the, I mean, the, what's that group? The, that, the, the, the podcast number one Association the, of America, the yes. PAA. Yeah. Okay, okay. They voted you number. You one. look like you're onto something over well, here. Well, here's what, here's my thing, Katie. When I when I, the first time we did it, Katie was your producer over yes. there. And then the last time we went and did it is Aristotle, yeah. who's done our show as well. Yeah. I want to know what happened. What happened between you and Katie? Well, I feel like Katie still is the producer of the show the on the big scheme. She's the producer. And then Aristotle comes in and does more of the maybe – because producing, I would imagine, there's many hats you have to wear. Aristotle fills in the hat of recording the show. Okay. Well, that, I just want to know that, who – Is that right? I kind of right. want to know who fired – did you fire Katie or did oh, Katie no. fire you? Was there a thing? Did, was there like a – Was it like you're fired, you can't fire me, I quit, and I'm the producer? Yeah, you can't fire me, I, I can, quit. You, you, want, you want this show or not? You want to know the real story? Yes. Yes. We do. That's why we're Katie, here. is it okay? Yeah. Oh, is there, yeah. Oh, is there something? Yeah, tell, okay, go, go. Something salacious is about to come. Go. I right. caught her fucking the, and we'll be back. <laughs> uh, no, there, she has a she has a hundred podcasts. That's all. I wish I, I had know, a but juicy you're, you're story. You're Glass. You're the number one podcast by, by the Podcast Association thing. of America. Right. So, like, what did she say? Something inappropriate to you? She's. <laughs> did she? Was she not funny enough? She. <laughs> I feel like I want to make something up. Do it. All right, here's what happened. I'm just going right. to say it. No okay. one's going to care. Will Good. you edit it out if yes. I get uncomfortable? Yes. How are people going to know if you edit it? Hey, if I get uncomfortable later, just lay some music yeah. in, and then people will just know. Just listen to the well, podcast. Do you subscribe to our podcast? Because I subscribe to yours. Go. Quick answer. <laughs> go. Go. <laughs> that's you a, know what? Let me tell you something. That's I a no. Do, that's I a do. no. It, the answer is no, but I have to give you a long answer. I am so pro-podcast, as you know, because I thought, like... I, You're I, the reason we're doing this podcast. You yes. are personally the reason we're doing this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Because so, I think it's going to prove to be a great vehicle for you guys through, no matter what, like, if, if whatever happens in your career, and there might be a point when you go, you know, as much as you love this, and I'm sure you guys do, yeah. there might be a point in your career and you go, do we do we need this? Like, we're a little busy with this now. Or there might be a movie that takes off. They might you, have it in this podcast. You might <laughs> be like, you know what, do we really Just need this? All of a sudden, it goes you know, dead. Really? This is our 27th podcast. <laughs> really? Yeah. But I don't listen to podcasts. Like, uh, it seems like I should be able to. I like I'm, You make podcasts. Uh, no, I, I, sh- I listen to stand-up here and there. I'm not a big – I don't have attention – Although I defend the the vehicle of the podcast, I think it's it's br- it's great. It's the sure. best thing to come along to basically radio. Yeah, it's giving. Uh, I've said this before. It's giving radio the purity of stand up. Well, why the fuck wouldn't people like it? Sure. Um, but uh, like I was, I wanted to listen to a comedian's podcast because he was coming on the show, and I was on a train from I think Boston to Philadelphia. I thought perfect. Uh, uh, no, I'd rather stare out the window, <laughs> open up my book and look at shit and right. organize my day and, right. just, yeah. and then fall asleep and wake up and go to the food cart it, the whole and i then i took a train because it's work 
it for some people i get it believe me that are listening it's like i want to be very clear i get it like you put your headphones on and you just take this i used to listen to talk radio a lot yeah me too so i do get it and i listen to howard stern a lot but um i don't listen to that many podcasts i pick around a little bit like i'll just choose around i'll, I'll what's it called when you just you know you surf sample, surf, surf sample. sample thank you um how, let me ask you this i want to ask about this podcast stuff because it seems like you've been doing it for a little, like how long have you been doing podcasts like just how, a year and a half no but you did one before that didn't you oh you're right i did jesus come Look on at todd. You, you do your homework you come don't on, even todd. know todd you don't even know well todd, i got a you list do- here of shit really? see, i'm not gonna tell you what it is but you can't look at it well, you can look at it, but you can't re- see this list here. These are all the things he has dug up from oh, your good. past. But you know what I was thinking? Remember how we including talked the, the thing when we talked about that comedy club? We were so fair in our bad review. What if it puts this club on the map? Because we, the food's good, the hotel's good. It Drew was. Curry goes there six <laughs> yeah. times a year. This guy might go. This is the best worst review I've ever gotten. Yeah, yeah. We don't say anything bad about the guy, and we don't no. say anything. It's kept. It's Captain Brian's off the hook. And by yeah. the way, I will say this to be negative. Yeah. Uh, if you're the type of comedian, uh, I felt we did our job. If you're the type of comedian that sure. likes an attentive audience and does, no, you're going to go. I would never go to that club. But if you're the type that like, uh, you know that doesn't give a shit, sure. well, it doesn't. I mean, so you just have you do have to be warned. I mean, no, there, I, I don't think there's a comedian that goes to that club that doesn't freak out at how shitty it is for a comedian to yeah, perform. Right. Yeah. But I, well, I want to talk back, about yes, that. Yes. Like I said, I want to I want to I want to talk about podcast. your because like I want to I want to pick your brain a little bit okay. on stand up, like but not it. yet. Oh, I want to do podcast talk first, okay. and also, and I wanted to pick your brain on um, on ass kicking because I know I can tell by the tattoo that you kicked some, <laughs> what ass. You some ass. What if you're That's like the next one? You know when you tell an old lady how pretty she looks, you know she does look at you. you go, oh, look at you! And you're, are you doing that to me a little? Because I'm, I'm like, <laughs> you're so tough, Todd. Jeez. I mean, look at. Can you fix me... cars? Can you fix my car, Todd? I'm yeah. like, I leave here, I feel great. I actually was wondering. I, there's a there's a whistle coming from uh, under the hood of my car, and I was wondering. <laughs> you know, if you could just, if take, you wouldn't mind, take a quick look I at it before mind. we leave. I wouldn't mind at all. Okay, cool. I can um, make pretend. So about the so podcast. podcast. Like, so you did a podcast before you did the Todd Glass show. Yes, right. What was that podcast? I did a podcast with Jimmy Dore called Comedy and Stephanie. Okay, uh, Stephanie uh, Zamorano. I have a hard time with, with names, names. Zach Galvanakis and. The Greeks. Stephen, it's the Greeks. Steve Lemmy, yeah. Aristotle so, Acevedo. So I did it with. Uh, I used to be afraid of your two. Every, every last name I'm Kevin afraid Heffernan. of. Heffernan. Now yeah. I got it. Yeah, but yeah. Lemmy is easy. Lemmy. Like, let me entertain you. Yeah. Um, I right, so, did. I did it with Stephen A. and Jimmy Dore, and it was called Comedy and Everything Else. How long ago was that? That was about three years ago. Okay. The first one I ever heard of it was Jimmy Pardo. That's like in the comedic community. In the comedic community, Jimmy right. was the first one. What year was that? You think? Jimmy Pardo? Yeah, you know, we, you know, the, 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 you're talking about the first kind of podcast. Yeah, the, that I heard. Uh, yeah. that, that, that was. How long ago was that, you think? God, you know how the years all get. Like, I think that might have been like seven years ago. Okay. And so then like I, 2006. The years, they just, yeah, uh, they, they just, uh, they, uh, they're just keep memory. going. Uh, the Grand Wagoneer. And then I did one with Jimmy, uh, with Jimmy Dore and Stephen A. And then. Um, and what was the name of that one again? A comedy and everything else. And was there a theme to it or something? Or was it no, we just we we literally talked about comedy shit and everything shit. else. Okay, yeah, and that's still okay. a podcast. That's still uh, that's oh, still okay. a podcast. So yeah. you had a falling out. You had a falling out. Uh, not you know it, the same kind of falling out that you had with, with Katie. Katie? No, <laughs> oh, a different kind of falling out. <laughs> it's hard to do. You a kicked po- their asses. <laughs> I'm I'm still uh, uh, I'm still very much uh, uh, Jimmy's friend. Okay, Um, but not Stephanie. Not Stephanie though. No, and Stephanie. Okay, Uh, because it's uh, very it's easy to insult the Greeks. You know, like if you you know like uh, eat the olive, you know, before the host. 
they, you know, you've offended them. They get pissed. What does that mean? It's just a the Greek Greeks. joke. You know, they like olives, like the palmetto olives. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't But But the, hold on. What, what was I going to say? But doing, okay. Go. Do, doing the podcast with somebody else, as you know, because you guys yeah. work together. When you've been doing stand-up for such a long time, you do everything. You write, direct, you edit, and it's very... It's hard to do it with somebody else. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and there, there's no, there was no. Tell me about it. <laughs> That's why we just bicker. With the, the two of us just bicker. Well, that works too. Yeah. If you just, you have to at least, you have yeah. to include that. Otherwise, there's no fucking way you two could do a podcast. But we, we've been telling each other to shut the fuck up for 20 years. So yeah. it's okay. Is that how long you've known each other? Yeah. Since college. Yeah. Although I do find, I, I, I find, like, by the way, you know, referring to the last time we were on your podcast, and we do want you to go back to your, the, the story about the, the podcast, but. Like, you riled me up when we had to improvise being angry at each other. Like, that was all bullshit. On your podcast, yeah. But yeah. I was fired up. And then I felt like, in listening to the art podcast, that I attacked you a lot. But, no, like, no, in no. a joking way. Like, I was all over your shit. Well, you guys you felt me, bad about that, just you, so you know. You guys, you heard, did you hear, I said something nice about you guys on the opening of my podcast. Um, you always do. Yes. Yeah, but but it was, uh, because it's the, it's the you guys are, look, look, you know, I like to spend as much time being positive as I do complaining. That, that way I'm happy about my being on this earth. <laughs> sure. That you're not someone just complains, ah, life, this, life sucks, life sucks. Well, what are you fucking doing positive? So that's why I say things like this. You guys are the uh, the uh, the epitome of a complete human being that satisfies <laughs> oh, me. Todd Glass. Yeah. Todd, what's uh, your middle name? Funny. You have this twisted, demented sense of humor, obviously, mm -hmm. and then a silliness, oh. which I need to throw in there, and then the caring. Like you're both, uh, you're heart. both caring. We've like heart. Yeah, you have. We're heart. like a good television show. <laughs> yeah, actually. Uh -huh. Actually. actually, I like the way you say actually. <laughs> actually, actually, actually. Well, what part of the country are you from? To you're from Philadelphia. From that's Philadelphia. What, that's what they say. Actually, right actually, actually, Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah actually. Uh, okay, go so back. So I go said back. when I start so my next podcast, I'm yeah. just going to do it by myself yeah. because that way you don't. And, and it works for other people too. Like Daniel Kino was on almost every week, and now he hasn't been on for a while. And then who knows? A month will turn around. He'll be on six weeks in a row, maybe. Yeah. But yeah. I just wanted it to be me, like my stand up, because. It's it just was easier. It yeah. was easier. And then how did you approach these guys at Nerdist? Did you or did they approach you or did you say hey? Well, Chris was producing. It was weird to hear even anybody producing podcasts, right? Because mm -hmm. and I think look again, you're always afraid to say Chris was one of the first or the first because to me he was like yeah. So, and then uh, there was obviously. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, Corolla, yeah, uh, yeah, there were other, Marin yeah, and, uh, the, being, but who are they produced by? It doesn't matter. We're on Nerdist right Katie now. Knows. Fuck everyone else. Yeah. So, and okay. then I didn't have to worry about the business end of it. Yeah. Sure. Like a TV show. Like, yeah, I don't want to worry about the business end of it. If you have a successful show, you work on the creative end right. of it. And the lovely Katie Levine takes care of everything else. She would come in. She'd record yeah. it. She'd edit it. She'd do the sound. In the beginning, there was editing it because you know you say somebody. I always say I never edited any. It, mostly, it was just I said something about a, somebody that I'd be like, ah, I don't need to say that, and then I would go in. But it was also we would take breaks and forget to turn the mic off, and we'd have to go in there and chop forty five <laughs> minutes of that out. Yeah. So, um, but uh, so now, you, so now. you just decided. So this is like two, three years ago. You decided you'd do your own thing. No, that was a year and about a year and a half ago. Okay. So you've done a hundred and something shows. Now, yeah, right? yeah. How many? Hundred and we just hit about a hundred. Has it been? And well, you got your own studio? You got your own place to do it? I wanted it to be nice. I thought I want to I want to pull into yeah. the studio and have it be like a place to go do it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to have a place to go do it. 115, that's over 2 years. Is it really? Why well, you do it once a week or you one, do sometimes twice a week? 104 okay. would be uh, 2 years. And you spend you 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 you, do, you are faithful to the at least once a week kind of thing, right? I've or, been that's the one thing Chris Hardwick told me. And he didn't say anything else. He goes, look, we like to do ours an hour, but whatever you want to do, you might want to do it longer. He was like, you know, because in the beginning, that was my fear. People say, keep it an hour, keep it an hour. And I was like, well, listen, you know, if, if I, I don't, 
I just need people that will listen to one that's longer. I yeah. don't care about the people that won't. Right. Turn it off. I care about those people if I can't get other people. I, I, I'm not negating that there's certain people that go, I love the Todd Glass show, but the problem is it's too long, and I know I could chop it up, but I won't. And, but, okay, well, they don't they're, have they're, to they're, listen. They're, right. They, they don't have to. But now if nobody was listening, um, then I would be, okay, that might be something I want to adhere to. But, you know, some people are like, no, I listen to it. First of all, guys like Stern or guys like Adam Carolla do a podcast a day. Yeah, yeah you four know? hours. Yeah, and that's a, and that's a lot. So, they get paid a lot of money, though. <laughs> True, but you don't have to tune in and but, listen to them yeah. for four hours. You can you just put right. them on and then you turn them off. Right, and yeah. that, and by the way, they are giving you that much content. Those guys are giving you that much content every day. So I'm thinking, well, if I do a three hour podcast, they have a week, yeah, to to, to listen to absorb to it. it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's the way. I, I don't get satisfied. An hour, I wouldn't even. It's just it doesn't. I can't get. Now, can I do another person's podcast for an hour all the time and feel totally fulfilled? Sure, but my own. Oh, it takes me an hour to go, okay, now let's get this thing going. Yeah. 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 We were very faithful Like when we started you know, the first like four or five of them. We were like, an hour, an hour, an hour. And then after that, it just gets longer because you just well, have because, a good time. Well, because yeah. what happens is we, get, we have our first topic, and we spend 30 minutes or 45 <laughs> minutes on the first topic. And then, right, then, and then we realize we have to make yeah, – yeah, right. we're having a good time. How, it, how much of your week does it uh, take up? Is like, you that's know, a good question. Doing your podcast. Okay. He only this, has good questions, Todd. Well, I got Chris, a lot of them, man. Chris did actually give me a, a, something else indirectly. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't uh, – taken out of context, this could sound like Chris said something that wasn't true. But he said, if the podcast represents work, yeah, you're not going to want to do it. Now, you might think, well, what about a movie? That would be work. You wouldn't want to do a movie. Well, it's different. It it. So I try to like not do anything. That's why I don't want to edit it because that's the part of it I don't enjoy, and it's going to make me hate doing a podcast. Yeah. So we like think about what you say because we're not editing like, <laughs> like we used to. It's a lot yeah. of pressure. Yeah. So we just you know may pretend you're on a radio show. Now, granted, in cases where we have to, we can go in and make a little sure, nip talk. Stuff. But overall, nothing. If somebody says, "Hey, I didn't really like the way I came across there," or yeah, are they, you, we've had that. Have you had that? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Twice maybe. Yeah. Twice. Twice in 115 episodes? Yeah, somebody said, I feel like I came off a little, or they did this song that they thought was uh, funnier, that it was meaner than it was funny. Uh-huh. I won't say who, but uh, I Will said- you sing the song? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you would know who it was. <laughs> Do you accommodate that person? Or, yes. or, or, okay, yeah. You know why? Because I want it to be an atmosphere. I always tell them. I don't say it as much anymore. Where Look, if, if, if you're doing the show and all of a sudden- by the way, for anybody listening that might that's listening to this that also listens to my show, yeah, to George Carlin or like genuinely, there are there are ninety nine percent no edits. You are hearing what you hear, right? But for the one percent where you might think, oh, we want to hear that, you get a lot more out of our show from letting the guests know that if there's something they said that they can edit out. Because I always tell them, if you're doing the show and you said something, and then maybe ten minutes later, inwardly you're thinking, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Don't worry. After the show, you tell me what it is. I'll right. take, I'll it, take out. it out. Right. Yeah, well, sometimes you say something about a person mm-hmm. that, like, I mean, look, there is a reality that I, I hope everybody knows. You know, like, for instance, when you watch athletes on television, like Ryan Dempster, for okay. instance, okay, and A-Rod, yeah. each of them claiming ignorance. You know, like, Ryan Dempster's like, oh, you know, like, whatever, I didn't, yeah. I wasn't going for it, or, you know, or like, or, or saying, like, yeah, I'll just accept my uh, suspension, and A-Rod saying, no, I didn't say anything to him when I rounded the bases. I was fired up, even though he was obviously swearing at yeah. him. Yeah. You know, you know, there's always a party line. There's a piece of bullshit. For, it's total yeah. Bullshit, yeah, yeah, sure. a, a ton of it, and so like you know, but sometimes people s- say something just a little too 
too yeah. salacious. Sure. You know what, in, discretion. You know what discretion. I always think it is in the case because I think you can be um you I'll tell you one thing we never edit out because it wouldn't be in there. And um, I do mean this. Laughs. Laughs. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, there you never hear anything hateful in our podcast. You never hear anything uh, advertly sexist. Now, I might say something that somebody brings to my attention. Hey, that's sort of sexist. And sometimes I think about it. I go, you know what? They're right. They're right. It's not the worst thing in the world, but I go, they're right. And I learn. Yeah, but yeah. nothing just advertly because we're not those people. So it would never be anything like that. But mostly, like you just said, it would be about like the, cl- the club. Remember the club conversation yes. we had, obviously? Yeah. yeah. In, in the first two months, that would have been all out. <laughs> I would have woken up okay. the next day and went, no. But I learned if you're going to do it, be fair. And when you're fair, you don't you know you won't want to edit it out the next day. And that's how I felt about that. I woke up and I thought of what we said about the food and what we said about his parents and what we said about I went in nice and kind and gentle. He was very and fair. kind. He was very generous. I and, and there's yeah. no negating that after we were kind, hey, we we I said some fucking things that sure. were bullshit about that yeah. club. But I went in fair. Sure. Yeah. You said some constructive things. Yeah. Right? Open kitchen. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> right? You can't not tell people that. Ten feet away, too. <laughs> Ten feet away, open. Ca- oh, no! We gotta go to the, the fryer, get that table, too. They need chicken in there. Lobster's up. The lobster's yeah. up. Food, how was it? Yeah, Unbelievable. Yeah. It was great food. Food was oh, great. Food was great. So good. The, the crowd, were they sleepy? Had they been out on the boat all day? Did Drinking they get sunburned? sunburned? Yes. yes. Were they asleep? Yes. Okay. Mm, were, the, were they, you know, 85 years old? <laughs> yes. By the way, the crowd he did tell me about. This is how fair I'm being. He might be heard that go, the only thing those guys didn't mention, I did tell him about. <laughs> he did. I'll deal with the crowd. If if that was a closed kitchen and when the show started, we weren't waiting for people, I would deal with those people. If I just need the circumstances for comedy to be right. If the lights were down, the kitchen was private, I'll, I'll deal with the older Describe crowd. your perfect room to us. And everybody who's listening, let's close our eyes and let the velvety voice of Todd I Glass. I my list farther. Okay, but... okay. Really? Yeah. Well, let's talk about it now. Well, I thought, can we finish the podcast first? Let's finish with the podcast first. He, this is when I get mad at him. I just want to finish the podcast topic because I really want to talk about stand-up. Cause I, I love talking about stand-up. Well, because I, I, uh, we're rookies and you're a veteran and... I want to pick your brain a little bit. I love it. That's, I love talking about stand-up. I hope I don't talk about things I've talked about. That's my Let's big Let's talk fear. about bossy assholes. Can we talk about <laughs> bossy assholes? That's me. That's me. Hey, we... How many other guys are in Broken Lizard? So it's five of total. Total. Five guys. Total. And you're the only two touring, right? Uh, we tour regularly. Yeah, Jay yeah. Uh, Chamsack our tours a little bit, too. Here you're so smart for starting. Let me tell you something. You're going to see the day. It'll be like, right, because you haven't, nah, never mind, I'm getting to No, it. no, say. You haven't really done a tour right after, like, a beer fest or, like. Right, or, right. And, 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 and by then, you're smart. You're out there, and you're working your ass off, and you're, you're, you're getting your show tighter and tighter and better. And yeah. And just after the, uh, and, oh. That's she's. Oh, I'm all over the place. Do it. Beer fest. Yeah. When I talk about those moments, like where someone's giving me more, and I go, "Give me more." When, especially if I'm high. We said off the air that I don't think pot makes bad things seem good. So when I say I saw something high, to me that's not like going, "Oh, well, you were high. It was good." No, sure. Because sure. when I'm high, I'll see. I'll watch. Uh, bad acting seems ten even times worse. worse. Okay. Yeah, bad yeah, comedy yeah. seems even worse. Uh, so I've watched it the majority of times. All your movies not high, but when I have watched Beer Fest high, yeah. 
the part with the accents. I'm like, shut the fuck <laughs> up. It's like, I'm going to fucking shit. I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. So, it's like I just pictured the director going, I know you might think we're crazy, but like, uh, just do a parody of a parody of a... Uh, uh, the accent, you know, the over-the-top... The German yeah, accent? The German. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the what Ger- we had, because we had real Germans in there. And so like, there's a guy, Jürgen Prochnow, who was the star of the original, like Das Boot, like he's a famous German actor and he would go through the script and be like what what is this i, I don't understand you know he's like uh, uh uh we would write like the phonetic pronunciation into the script you know yeah. so it's like he has to call somebody a stable boy <laughs> and it was written s-h-t-a-b-l-e and he's like what is a stable boy was, you know like stable boys like we do not talk like that and you're like, yes you do you do kind of talk like okay and yeah. then he did it you know oh he was great but it was great they were they were just some of those and that's what i say like when i when i think i can handle more give me more like i'm thinking like i'm thinking <laughs> of the, i'm literally going to the point of thinking okay there's a director right now and he's going okay we've done enough and i'm thinking please give me more please give me more and then you keep doing it doing it doing it i'm <laughs> right, like right, yes right. i can handle a little more at one point i literally go i don't think i can handle anymore and then it keeps going i'm like okay i really can't handle anymore like at first you say i'm gonna i'm gonna die you're kidding you know you're not gonna die you're just laughing hard and then at one point you're like okay i really might need to just take a break from this right now (laughs) yeah this movie is gonna kill me but you're you're the reason you're you're actually the reason why we do this podcast well i remember talking to you you had a great you said a great thing to us you said because you were like, you know, it's fun. You can do your own comedy. You do what you want to do. And our reservation, which I think was a lot of reservations, is, well, there's a lot of them out there. There are a lot of podcasts out there. And then you were kind of like, well, there are a lot of stand-up comics out there. Yeah. Right? There are a lot of actors out there. There's a lot of movies are out you gonna there. Stop do- are people going to stop doing yeah. it because there's a lot of other ones? Just do what you want to do. And you do and it you different. Right. Yeah, when somebody says, Brilliant. you know, you're going to do a podcast, well, yeah, don't. I'm not recommending you do it like everybody else's podcast, but I wouldn't recommend you make a movie like everybody else's movie or do your stand-up. So, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. I thought that was brilliant. Thank you. And that stuck with us, and that's part of part, you know, the He says it to me every day. He, he says, I want you to wake up and just appreciate how brilliant Todd Glass's suggestion was. Because <laughs> Todd Glass is brilliant. Thank you. He thinks you're brilliant. Boom. All right, like let's talk it. about stand-up. Let's talk about stand-up. Yes, then. I love talking that? about stand-up, yes. Okay, uh, 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 you, I mean, we. this is the thing. I feel like we're such rookies. Like, we've been doing it, but we've been doing hardcore, like, for about three, four years. Like, we're hitting all the clubs. Yeah, you guys, let me tell you something. I give you credit. Yeah. You are, you know, you are out there, and you are doing it, and 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 there's no way you're not going to look back and go, holy shit. No, you know? we already do. I mean, we're psyched about it, you know, and we yeah. had a special and whatever, but I, I still feel like we are visitors, and that, you know, guys like you... You've been doing it for since like when? I don't know, 20, 30 years. I started, right? I do, I've been doing it. Uh, You're in 30, high school or 30 something, years. Right? I started in high school, yeah. Oh my God. Good God. Yeah. I mean, I you've s- seen you've seen all the cycles and all the everything. I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 but overall, you know, I feel like I remember once hearing um, whatever his name. Oh, oh, I hate, he's, he's passed away, but, but Steve Allen, but you know yeah, what? Yeah. It, it's, it's okay. I'm yeah. not saying it. And, and all he did was, I love to talk about stand up comedy, but I also, hopefully there's people that can also see me be funny, you know, so I'm not just talking about, <laughs> you know, just, sure. but, but, you're but, not but, just a historian. You yeah. I'm not right, just right, talking right, about right. how bad stand up comedy is. <laughs> you're, you're a hysterian. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks Look a lot. Out. Thank you. Thank you. And Pat I feel like out. at one point, all Steve Allen did was talk bad about comedy. Like, oh, the comedians today, the comedians today. And I'm like, are you out at the clubs sure. seeing? And, and then, and I thought, I don't want to ever turn into that. And I'm not. Uh, and then I remember seeing Alan King being interviewed about comedy, <laughs> yeah. and I loved what he said. He goes, basically, I'm going to clean it up a little because, you know, uh, I don't mean, I mean, give you it my own swear. version. No, no, he oh. didn't swear. I'm saying I'm going to just, in my own version, what sure. he said was, he said it without cursing, but here's what I heard. He said it this. He goes, look, there's always been, uh, uh, in every generation, there's funny people and there's people that aren't fucking funny. Right, yeah. And it's the same way now as it was years ago. 
Right. And I thought, oh, thank you. Yeah. It's the same way I feel now. There's always been funny. I don't think there's, you know, uh, there's always been great stand-ups and, and not great stand-ups. What changes, though, I think, is the is the climate and the environment. Like, right now, I feel like there's this really high renaissance moment for stand-up. And there are a lot of people doing it, and it's a, and it's an attractive thing for people to want to get into. But then there are those moments where it's not. You know, it's like in the eighties there was a, there was a very hot run, and then the comedy clubs were not didn't do well for a while. Yeah. Well, here's you know? here's the the little different slant on that that I might have. Yeah. Uh, because sometimes what you see is different than what actually is. Now, by the way, this is all my opinion. I'm claiming yeah. I'm going to give clarity to this. But that's why we're. That's why we want to hear it. My clarity. Yeah, yeah. Todd I mean, Glass it's like when, it, when you're going to make it clear as glass. I hope. Oh, oh Jesus! What's snap! Up? Hold on. Uh, we didn't chew. We like to chew on our show. Okay, wait. Ooh. I like your chew. Todd Glass has kind give of a us slower chew. chew. Yeah. He's got oh. like a, a like a, like a bulldog Sloppy. chew a little bit. Yeah, like like he, <laughs> like a jowly, like a jowly. Yeah, he's thing got some or... jowl going in that chew. But anyway, so that's the only reason I asked. But back to the comedy. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so oh, what I was saying was, give me a different spin on what I said. Yeah, yeah about yeah, uh, oh yeah. So so I think the difference there is comedy really is like music. It's always going to be around. Those those peaks and valleys are just a, a city that has two comedy clubs had seven. Right. But when everything fell apart supposedly like you know 94 when yeah they, that's because yeah. in, in in a city they had six comedy clubs maybe two really big ones or three sure. when i say big ones i mean like improvs and then four not one-nighters but four littler clubs that mm-hmm. maybe are in a hotel and just two shows friday two shows saturday right, right so maybe there were four six day a week clubs and then there were three like hotel clubs you know in existing businesses but they have like friday and saturday it turns into a comedy club right and then when everything fell apart in most of those cities there was usually one or two. And it big went back to those. Yeah, they yeah. they existed. I would say ninety five percent of those legitimate clubs didn't close when everything fell apart. When everything fell apart, the Irvine Improv was still there. The Acme Comedy Club was still there. Yeah. The Punchline in San Francisco was still there. Right. The, there were so many clubs that were there. It's just the bullshit. Now, were there one or two maybe really respected clubs that closed? I would imagine yes. Although I can't think of any. Yeah. So it's not that. It's just the oversaturation of it. Huh. It, okay. It, but like, because because it's if you said to someone, do you think music's going to be around in twenty years or thirty years, mm-hmm. and they said yes, forty, you'd go. It's, it's always going to be around, and I think that's true with comedy. But let me ask you this though: like, it's like kind of like sports, okay? Like they talk about how you know there was a time where baseball was a huge sport, and then as kind of urban situations changed and people moved to basketball, you know, like. I feel like there are different times where different kinds of comedy are hotter than other kinds. Okay, like for example. And it's a little bit now, or there are times there are times where sketch or improv oh, maybe type. have been more popular for young guys to or girls to get into as opposed to going and doing stand up. And it seems to me that there are cycles like that also where there are other kinds of things that are cooler or something I would rather yeah, do my yeah. thing with. I was know? talking about purely stand up comedy. No, me. Th- I'm talking about stand up versus other kinds. Well, I think stand- Kevin used to do that, uh, like the the slam poetry. <laughs> that's where he yeah, cut. That's where I cut my uh, my thing. I think I think my my I, I guess if I hope I'm answering you is that stand up. Uh, I guess I'm saying. Or do you think there are cycles like that where? Um, uh, let's not forget Yo MTV snaps either. Like <laughs> when like the people for like a season they would just get on and insult each other's moms. Oh, that was a show. <laughs> Remember that show? Yeah, yeah, it was a show. They did it in a back alley. It was supposed to look like it was... A set of an alley, You yeah. know who the host of that was? I do. Who? Well, I can't remember, but I think it was Mario <laughs> do, Lopez or something like that. I thought it was the guy from... Uh, the guy from... Um, uh, was it Ed Lover? From... 
Oh, what's the show where they're not friends, but... Um, Enemies? Oh. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to think of this. The problem it's, is when I go to think... It's not friends. It's... Ashton Kutcher was on it. Oh, it's punked. That's punked. No, before the, sh- the sitcom he was on. Oh, oh. Uh, 70 show. That 70 show. Uh, the, the guy... Oh, who... oh, yeah. Vilmer Valderrama. He was the host. Yeah, that's it? who I thought Mario Lopez. Same food group. Yes. You have to give okay. it to me. <laughs> a different era a little bit. I'm just saying. It's like yeah, I remember sure. like a swarthy hispanic okay. okay. uh, So in answer to your question, I think... I don't want to say no because it feels like it's bad, uh, bad improv. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not. No, improv. no, you should. I, I mean, it just seems to me there are times where it's hotter than others. Yeah, so. I think there, there definitely, but it will always be. I think very. Uh, I think it'll always be pretty popular. Matter, matter of fact, you know what? I, I said I wasn't going to be Stephen. Comedy sucks. Comedy sucks. Right. Uh, you know, because he's not out there looking at the good comedy. Um, I will say this. I think an era that I didn't admire. Yeah. Was. And I'm still, and I was in that era. That's yeah, yeah, the yeah. difference. I'm yeah. not. Uh, I think we're at a great time right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because as much bad stuff that's on TV, I think there's a lot of kids. I'm giving the business a little bit of credit here. Yeah. There's been some great stand-ups that have been on TV. Whether it's p- kids that were 12 watching Mitch Hedberg or watching Mr. Show yeah. or watching Paul F. Tompkins, and then along comes the social media. So kids that shouldn't have. Like when my nephew started knowing certain comedians, I'm like, how do you know them? Meaning. They're not really big on yeah, TV where'd you yet. hear of them? Where'd yeah. you hear of them? He yeah, goes, yeah. oh, the podcasting. So there's a generation yeah. of kids yeah. that grew up being privy to some really great stand-up. Yeah. That's why I think the period we're in right now, there's a lot of great new young stand-up comedians because they were inspired by... Sure. The, but and there's a way to find them, too. That The, the podcast right. thing is so amazing. And then it seems to me it's all tied in, like this place we're in now, The Meltdown, which is such like a hot comedy mm-hmm. room right now in L.A., it seems to be tied into this kind of podcast world it's, and it's great. social media world. Well, I mean, that's that is the brilliance. You know, I'm not the first person to say this, but of the internet and and oh, you, the and internet. YouTube, the internet, the, YouTube. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God, I never, this uh, place here. If you come see stand-up shows here, yeah, this audience, I I want to hug them because they're just. Somebody said to me once, we were in the back of the room, and I forget who it was. A comedian goes. Do they go to the bathroom? As a compliment. <laughs> right. Like, they're just sitting there, and sometimes it's a little hot. They fix the air conditioning since, but they're just, you know what they do here? Yeah. They treat comedy like the theater. Yeah. And they reap the benefits of doing it. Yeah. Because everybody's comfortable here. Everybody feels good here because this nurturing, loving audience. Right. And if you get lost, I feel the unspoken word in a room like this is, look, you got to go up on stage and try. You can't – I don't like any comedian that just gets on stage and jacks off and thinks it's funny. Yeah. But if you're trying and you genuinely get lost, their unspoken word is, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, we're, we're with you. Supportive. Oh. They're not going to yeah, support, shout you with down. You. You, you, and because they're supportive, guess what? In 40 seconds, you're back on track. As opposed to a bad audience, if you do a bit and maybe it's two minutes and you and, you, and the crowd – you lose them. I'm talking about a bad crowd when you could have come out and done 30 minutes of boom, ba boom, ba boom. Then you get a little lost yeah. and the unspoken word. Not not that anybody heckles. I'm not talking about that. Just it seems like God. Why do I feel like I'm? I lost you. The energy here. The yeah, momentum. You, you don't. Oh no. But, yeah. I mean, believe me. You know, I've, I've gone up like at the improv. The improv's you know a great club, obviously. But it's like. It's intimidating that you go out there and, like, before you go on, you can already see who's trouble. You know, you're like, oh, th- those people are just here to fuck around against the comedians. You and know? you won't see that here. No, no, no you won't. They love it. Yeah. You know, good clubs, you know, 
you know, those people get dealt with right away. I love when I'm at, I was once at the Chicago Zanies, yeah. and they made the announcement. Now, I know that club is like, it's, it's what small. I call yeah. a- I like um, that room. Yeah, it's, it. a, it's, a, uh, it's like a deli that's been in New York. It might be a little shabby, but you know the sandwiches say, are good. I was going to say a brick oven pizzeria. <laughs> <laughs> go on, go on. Don't let me interrupt you anymore. You're not Punch, a... I'm waiting for you to kick my ass. What the fuck, Tom? <laughs> no, no, no. I told Kevin, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking instigate and instigate right, until, and antagonize. Until Todd hits you. Yeah. Oh, I want him to punch me. I want you to punch me with your tattooed arm. <laughs> I, well, I think I'm going to finish the tattoo now because he got me going. Dude, go um, he was. This is how a club should be run. Okay. Because everyone worries about the people they're going to they're going to annoy that they throw out. What about the people that are enjoying the show? When you throw people out and you and you walk back through that area, people look at you like, "Thank you." Or talking. Yeah. I don't mean heckling. You suck. That doesn't happen that often. I'm talking about loud talkers. Yeah. Deal with them. So we're at the club. And I fucking love this. These are the moments. And during the opening announcement, I forget the manager's name, but it's just a tight ship. They're going, and I make my opening announcement. So as I'm making it, I go, we want to thank you all for coming here. That's the first thing I say, because I want to let them know we're not loose cannons here. We're not the soup Nazi. Yeah. A soup Nazi is someone that doesn't give a shit about the good customers. Yeah. So my announcement's always, first, we want to do the most important thing, and thank you for coming out. We're glad you're here. We just want to go over a few rules. Some of them might seem a little overbearing, but we want you to know that's out of respect to the customers, not disrespect. We want this to be a special evening, and part of it is going over a few of these things. So, so first in mind, we ask you, most of our customers know not to heckle. That's just a given, and everybody knows it. I try to move past it like, don't even think about heckling. Yeah. <laughs> and then somebody goes, boo, at a table, a bachelorette party. Uh, right, right. Uh, the manager walks in. I wish I knew his name. He goes, put music back on. I knew why. He put, I go, uh, and other than that, I just tried to end the announcement quickly. <laughs> put the music back on. He goes over. He goes, up, 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 up. They're like, what? He goes, up, 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 up. And they're like, what? He goes, yeah, give him. He goes, we paid. Give him, Lee, Karen, give him their money back. And they walk over. You see, see them all getting their money back. He goes out. They open the side door. No, no. You don't want to do it. I don't want to. He tried to be half civil. He goes, I'm going to ruin your night. You're going to ruin our night. Go somewhere and have fun and talk about what a jerk I am. Out. Boom. Out. Right. Opens up the front door. Let's the line of reserve people in. They fill the table. Wow. Guess what that audience did? I would imagine that the majority of that audience um, wasn't going to heckle or anything. But if there were any, because they didn't heckle, by the way. It was just chatty and the little heckle. They didn't. That was the best audience in the world. Because you know why? He said, we don't fucking put up with shit. Right. And that doesn't mean we're disrespectful to you. And they just... That's great. Do you think that comedy clubs have learned that over the years? Most of them don't. In the 80s. Did they do that shit? Well, when they're going out of business, it's hard. <laughs> when they're going out of business, yeah. first of all, the good clubs have always done it. Yeah. There, there, let me tell you something. There's a lot of a... I, I don't think I'm crazy. I'll t- I can look sell inward. If I couldn't find any club that did what I wanted, yeah. then I, I, I think I'd have the You'd ability to... Oh, no. <laughs> or I'd go, maybe I'm crazy. It's like someone that's in bad relationship after bad relationship. Right. Uh, some of them go that the rest of their life and are blind, but there are people that go... There's people that tell the story that go, yeah, my third bad relationship. I went, maybe it's me. <laughs> that's how I'd be with clubs. I'd be sure. like, come on, Todd, you've been doing it 30 years. There's no good clubs. Look right. inward here. Right. But there are. Yeah. There's a lot of A rooms. There's yes. a lot of B plus rooms. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. there's even a lot of A rooms. You might Name think, some A rooms. Name some A rooms. Well, there's a compliment on that. Okay. The A rooms even make some. See, there's a, the A plus is what Oh, I'm my God. Oh, What's higher? There's got to be one higher than an A plus. A plus plus? <laughs> a plus plus? A plus plus. Maybe I should say there's a lot of B plus rooms. And then A is. Because. Yeah. When, no, A plus is a, is a legitimate it's, it's great. The, it's the. You know what it is? I'll give you what makes a room A plus. Okay. A. A, I'm, look, I'm playing with the A and A+. Plus. A, A is you have some guy in the back of the room watching for hecklers. The entire show, there's someone planted in the room watching for hecklers. Okay. Yeah. 
But the problem is the A-plus rooms know that somebody might not be heckling, but chatting over 30 feet away from you where sure. it's not making it back to you, but enough to ruin 25 people's experience. Sure. Yeah. And I would, I would learn that after a show, which I thought was a great audience. And someone come up to me after the show or my brother go, oh, those people on the back. And I went, it made me mad. I'm like, wait, I was having the time of my life. Yeah. And, and you weren't. And, yeah. and, and there was somebody, 20 people in the back near a chatty couple that weren't. Yeah. I go, Oh, so that it, it, that made me realize the importance of a good room. I like to watch him, like the Tempe Improv, the old Tempe Improv, where he would have his staff w- roaming through the crowd, right. roaming through the crowd, and he and and it's an art. And and you would go up to a doorman and you would go, "Hey, there's a little chatty people over there. Don't talk to them." He goes, "They just need to see me." And I go, "Yes, <laughs> they just need to see a doorman stand behind them for a few minutes." And and sh- yeah, that's right. Shh. How come you're shushing when I come over? Because advertly. I mean, how come you got quiet when I walked over? I didn't say anything. I'm watching the show. Matter of fact, a good doorman will stand behind them and laugh. Don't stand behind them like a bully. Yeah. Stand behind them and enjoy the sure. show and fake sure. laugh, even if you're fake laughing. But they see you there. And how come you got quiet? Because you knew. Because you knew. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, to me, the A-plus clubs. That, But it, then is it is it uh, 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 weighted towards how they handle their hecklers? Or does it factor into your mind the quality of the lighting and the quality of the stage and the, the all that of the stuff. audience. All that. I'll give you another example of a, an A plus room, D- DC Improv. Yeah, you will never have this happen in the DC Improv. And by the way, this will happen. And I'm not. I'm saying the clubs this happens, and they're still pretty good, but they're not the DC Improv. You will never have this happen at the DC Improv. After the show's over, staff's hanging out. Oh, those people were heckling, and then the doorman goes, "Yeah, I knew they were going to be trouble in line." <laughs> then how did they make it to the first fucking row? <laughs> exactly. A good club, right? They, they 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 work on it. They watch it like a hawk. They, they go, see who's drunk and see. Yeah, who's they go. Gonna... They, they make a decision. Are they so drunk where they shouldn't be allowed in, or are they so drunk? Hey, see so those table. The people back there are a little loud. Move them. Where are they sitting? And then they look at the floor mat, or they look somewhere. So I'm, I'm getting the details. I get a little confused how they make yeah. this happen. But they, oh, they say don't put them in the first row. So they're a little chatty, or they go to somebody. Listen, they approach them very nicely. I've seen this at the DC Improv. Listen, we don't, we don't, we want you to have a good time. We had a lot of problems with hecklers here last week. You make it like, you know, we're yeah. not, it's not even you. We're probably overreacting, but we're going to have to cut <laughs> your hard liquor off. Yeah. Okay. Now, believe it or not, sometimes people are really cool. They go almost so cool where you go, guess what? You got hard liquor again. <laughs> and sometimes that happens two, yeah. 20 minutes into the show. They sure. go, they're really a great table. Tell them they can drink whatever they want. Yeah. But a lot of times that's their point right there when the club gets to see if they have any value for the show. What? Hard liquor? We can't. They, they're right. saying we can't drink. What? And then another person walks over. What? Right. They get, guess what? And then they get mad. They go, exactly what we wanted. But, but here's the interesting thing, though, uh, which we find in our audience, because we have a big drinking audience based on Beer Fest or whatever. <laughs> like, you get those people come in and they're kind of rowdy. Sometimes they're the best crowd members of anyone. You're absolutely they're into right. It and they're laughing and what? And right. that's but you, you know, can be drunk without being an asshole. But that's be, what I mean. How do you know when you're that guy and looking at the people on the line? I think what I just said. You, know like, I mean? you don't go over to them in a belligerent way. You go right. over to them and hey, look, we know you're having fun yeah. because like I've seen it where they give people their liquor back so quick. Like they're good. No, we misread them. Yeah. And you, you're right. They a lot of times when a, oh, you ask a, 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 a group that's a little rowdy and then the show starts and you see oh they settle down and they use their energy but in a good way you're absolutely right yeah. so you don't want to be a nazi watching people in line because right. you could make a lot of bad decisions sure. i do agree on that but right. we had i mean the, truthfully at our at our shows we do have people who you're psyched about them at the beginning like oh yeah these people they're they're just drunk enough they're mm-hmm. rowdy in a good way you know they're they're laughing their asses off 
And by, you know, 60 minutes in, they're like sloppy yeah. as hell. That's the beauty of this, Todd, is that as a two-man thing, I go first, right? So I get my, I do my half an hour. And uh, by oh, so the time, you're out there by yourself for half an hour. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. didn't realize that. I thought you both were out there the whole time all together. No, no. So we we go out together, say hi to the crowd. I do a half hour. Then we do 20 minutes together. Then I leave. And then he does a half hour. And so by the time he's doing his half hour, everyone who was drunk is really fucking drunk. Mm-hmm. And so I get the not, I get the calmer. And he. The well, problem is I have to open, and you got to warm him up. You got to get him going. Mm-hmm. But then the problem is that he gets him too drunk. He has him too drunk. You know, uh, I'm too drunk. I don't know how much this you want to talk about because then I could say something that makes you guys. Well, I'll say it. Tell, yeah, do it. That's why sometimes on the road, I prefer to travel with somebody. Right. I love meeting new people. The advantage of having somebody that lives in the city is a newer comic gets to mm-hmm. work with you. It's fun to work with new comics. They're they're excited. And you get to, but the the scary part is that, and the reason I bring somebody is I don't want someone talking to the crowd because not because I talk to the crowd. Although if I choose to talk to the crowd and I dig a hole, I got to dig my way out of it. So right. I can do whatever I want. So right. it's not like I'm worried if someone goes he talks to the crowd. Yeah, you know because but I don't want the guy before me talking to the crowd because you open up this forum that as they're not too drunk could be okay but then when they're done they turn them over to you yeah and now you got a crowd that's been been able to talk the whole show and you're now saying hey could you not talk for me well no sure so sure. that's what's it's, yeah i mean the thing is i think the lucky thing for us we always had a rowdy bit to start with this this bit where we get the crowd to come up a few people come on stage and drink beers with us and it, you could never – I don't think any opener was ever rowdier than that bit, which I think was okay. I think that was okay for yeah. us. I mean the problem I have, which kills me, and I know that there are ways around this, was like you have an opener out there, and I'm always listening to the opener the first time because I'm afraid he's going to do my joke. And I'm sure that's an – like you yeah. been doing it for a while. It's a very old school thing. But like to me, I'm like – and it's happened. The guy's done your joke. And then you're like, ah, fuck it. You got you know? it, yeah. And then you got to change your set. Whatever, that's, you know, whatever, it's fine. But that, that's always a, the irrational fear that I have, and it happens. Do you, oh, so you have someone open, too? Well, we sometimes we'll bring a friend with us, but a lot of times it's just you, whoever the club puts up. And it's usually guys who are fans of our movies, and they're yeah. like, hey, I asked the manager if I could open for you guys, because I knew you were coming, and da-da-da-da-da. Oh, and sometimes yeah. they're good, and sometimes they're yeah. not, you know? And also, but, I, I should say this about the rowdy, like, there are comedians that are great comedians. I, it's weird, this is when it gets very hard to explain it, like, bad rowdy versus good rowdy there are comedians that i know that have what you would maybe say a rowdy uh, audience but they're a good rowdy audience they mm-hmm. just know that fine line so you can there can be rowdy and, and good oh and there are some rooms like like zany's in nashville where like i mean that room whatever it is it's a rowdy room because there's yeah. like on one side of the stage there's a lot goes, of bourbon drinking going on in a lot room, of that because they let them let me tell yeah. you something there's one reason a room's rowdy because they and again, I'm defying that you can be rowdy, but know that fine line to still respect it. It's yeah, a show, yeah. rowdy positive. Rowdy yeah, positive. yeah. They're, but but they're bad rowdy. That's why when I go, is this boring? No, not at all. Not okay. at all. You're not supposed to ask that. Is question. it because I've I got know. my my head in my <laughs> no, hand no no like no? Just because I I love talking about comedy, but I don't want so do the um. You know what? We tell you this. You're the first stand up we've had on our podcast. Really? This it's is true. A, t- number twenty seven. You're the first stand up we've had on here. I like it. We haven't so, gotten a chance to talk to anybody. What if somebody disagrees? They come on. I heard that Todd Glass. He said most comedians. I would say agree with 95% of what I'm saying. They might go, well, I'm going to disagree on this or that, but um, what we're going to say about, oh, when sometimes I'll go to a room and they know I like a room policed. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I'm honored. They want me to come to their club. I don't work that many new clubs. I'm lucky just the bank of clubs I've worked for the last 20 years. I've been doing comedy 30, but in the last 20, I just keep going back to the clubs I've been going back to. Yeah. But if a, somebody calls my manager and if they email and we ignore it because we heard it's a, rowdy, a little bit of a rowdy room, someone will say something like, it's not the worst room in the world. No, no. And they'll talk about the good <laughs> things. The hotel's great, but they're a little rowdy. I ignore the email. That's I don't want to write. But right. then if they call my manager, I'm like, you're almost like honored that oh, they really want. Mm-hmm. So 
I'll say, like, I like the room policed. But the problem is, if they haven't been policing them since they opened, but for me, maybe they go, they tell the door to doormen, by the way, we have an extra doorman, Todd likes the room police, so we're going to have two doormen there watching the... If they haven't trained their audience, two doormen aren't going to be able to train them. Sure. Yeah. So that's why I've learned. Like, even if they try to police them for me, if they haven't been trained since the day they open up the club, then they're then I don't want to fucking work the room. Do you like, um, Do you have you ever done a standing room? Like, where the crowd is standing? I don't, but I know guys that have. Uh, I know that uh, Doug Stanhope ha- did it, uh, mm-hmm. still might do it. And I also know that Dave Cross did a tour like that. Yeah. Patton Oswald has. Have you? Yeah, we've done we it. Have. I don't know your... if I love it so much. I mean, that's the kind of interesting thing is, like, we're we're finding out now that there are different, you know, mm-hmm. venues, obviously, that you do it. And, uh, and, and... Those, those, uh, it's harder to get people's attention, and it's easier to lose their attention. Yeah, well, and just I wanted to wait to see what you said, yeah. so I'd be more comfortable to say that um, th- I think now Doug might still do it. I don't know why uh, some do and some don't. The others felt like you did, I think. Like, yeah, it's it's. I want people to see. I personally like people. Maybe you make a little less money sometimes because you can get less people in. Yeah. I'd sort of like. I wouldn't want to watch a play standing. No, no. I think no. you can pay more attention and you can understand. The nuance of the comedy a lot better when you're just focused on it, as yeah. opposed to like if your ankles hurt or if you're jostling. Because <laughs> otherwise, exactly. it also starts teetering. It can start teetering out of control. It's yeah, like, yeah. There's a civilness the to sitting down, and then, then the talking. And you know, I, I think the interesting thing now is like we didn't know, and, and and this is something that you obviously know is like there are, there are different kind of venues that you can go to. There's the club circuit, and there's the clubs. Then there's like different kind of like small theaters. And then there's rock clubs, and we've yeah. been kind of over the last kind of over the last three years kind of exploring those different. Things, but are you, you're more partial to a comedy, like a proper comedy club, or or someone that knows, like where there's someone there running the room. Like there's a few, maybe a few. I do. It's like a, maybe a jazz club, but they'll have comedy. Yeah. But I, but I have the people there. Like they, they know the way I want it run. I'm. I like the. I love the dramatics of a show. Like you asked me my perfect room. Yeah. And um. You want me to tell you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. Well, this room became my perfect room. Now, granted, you can't work these rooms all the time because you want your career to. Uh, to uh to be where you're working you know the bigger and the bigger and the bigger rooms yeah but i would run it this way even if it was a 500 seat room or a thousand seat room but isolated fun when i was uh when i was really young i opened up for patty labelle and this is why this room has been in my head for a long time and um she was on at the minskoff theater and then one night after the show we went to see a friend of hers that was working you know you could tell like she was probably making 15 grand a night at this mm-hmm. little place, 20 mm-hmm. grand uh-huh. or, or a week, you know, like maybe right. a 20 grand a week person, which, by the way, you can have a nice life. Sure. You know, yeah. Only in this business would we say for 20 sure. grand a week you can have a nice life. Yeah. Uh, I'm imagining now. Back then, I just remember we went to see her, and I think it was when she started in the business, she had a, a group, like three people, and this was one of them. Patty's career had gone off to a different level, yeah. you know, yep. of work in the, and then this was, we went, it was about a 150-seat room. But when you went in there, it seemed special. Yeah, you. It was dark. You were being seated with a flashlight to your to your thing. <laughs> yeah. There was a band squished in the corner, a four piece band. But boy, did they fucking wail like motherfuckers! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then there was a sound booth was up in the thing, and then all of a sudden, they must have been electric candles. Even you know back then, which was like twenty five years ago, <laughs> because all of a sudden you heard, "Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome to an evening with blah blah blah," and the John Corrant Orchestra, and then the what the drummer went. Krump! And the room went dark, and there was just one stick candle on the piano. Uh-huh. And they went tonight, you know, blah blah blah. I forgetting the names, yeah. you know. And uh, and and then they went, and the uh, a horn, two horns went bump 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 bump. 
blew the candle out. <laughs> and I was like, God damn it. It made me feel like I, I remember thinking like I might have been with Patti LaBelle at the Minscuff Theater in front of 3,000 people. Yeah. But guess what? This was a big deal. Yeah. And they went, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. And she came from the back of the room being escorted through. There was a guy like, you know, walking her through the room. She got up on the stage and the band fired off. And then all of a sudden they went, every instrument's playing. And it went silent. She went, I think it's time to do this. And boom, they fired away. (laughs) And I got the chills. And and that's the way I always think. Like, I went to see in Venice Beach, a friend of mine's client play the other night. And every... You know the the show, and the, it was a, you know people were filing in. It was like not a famous band, but like when I realized, oh, this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was about 150 people. The same thing, not as dramatic as that, but the lights went down, and they the band they didn't come out tuning. They just came out, ladies and gentlemen, and it was like ba dum ba. They fired away, and yeah. the lights went down, and the thing it got dark, and it was like. So that's what I like. I love the the I love the beginning of a show. I like dramatic. I like people to feel it's special from the minute they're walking in. I choose the music mm-hmm. because I want people from the minute they open that door, they come down the stairs, right. whatever it is. Maybe they come down the stairs and the minute they turn that corner and there they see the club. Yeah. Maybe it's through a curtain they push through. Maybe it's through two double doors. I want it to seem something special. Like I, I did. Some people go, oh, I said. Once at a club, I said, hey, can you change the music? Nicely. And they went, oh, you don't like this song? I go, no, I love that song. And I realized, oh, they don't, it's nothing. I love that song. I listen to it in the car. Sure. But that's the point. I listen to it in the car. <laughs> I want to hear music, something they didn't hear, something that could be a new band or an old band, or it doesn't have to be old music. It doesn't have to be Frank Sinatra or Tony Bennett. It could be a, a band that's brand new, but sure. they're different. And that they hear it. The minute they walk into the club, they go, we're about to experience something special. Even this music I haven't heard before. The lighting should be low. Oh, we do lower it once the show starts. Lower it before the fucking show starts. <laughs> yeah. Let people walk in. We, they can't read the menu. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no. In fact, it's funny because that's something like, I mean, you've been at this for a while. Like, we're, we're still new to the game in, in terms of that stuff. We'll be like... They're not playing any music out there. It's totally dead out there. Should we say something? The and lights not? are really bright. Yeah. yeah just let me tell you something. Always be nice. You can't be more of a pain in the ass than you can, can be a draw. But the things you're asking for, remember one thing. If you're asking kindly, they don't cost them anything. I'm not crazy. I knew I couldn't ask for things that cost or Brian Regan in the last days of his comedy, working stand-up comedy clubs, no f- check drops in the first two rows or three rows or eventually no ooh, check. Ooh. But I can't ask that now. I can't even still ask that now. But my point is always make sure it's not too bright. Go go in and go over that stuff and say, could you bring those down a little? The stage lights. Do you know how many times stage lights are too bright and they they hit the stage and then bank off to the audience and the forget about pre-show pre-show it should be gentle too but during the show and always bring your own music make a cool set a music set yeah, yeah. and have you know take control go ladies and gentlemen good evening and welcome we're one minute to showtime do yeah. that and then pick a song and then during that song God, have the lights it, go is, low i never even thought about any of this shit is yeah it, is this by the way like the fact that you would make your own announcements is that how you got the gig with the improv to to do the the taped you know we did that before i did my own announcement it was just the manager of the club good for him he wanted to just say the announcement i like is it's saying yeah you're customers and we're glad you're here right and there's a part of this uh, business you're in that's a restaurant that means if you don't like the soup you, you're the boss, and I think that's what you're familiar with. But now you're also in a theater, even though it's in a, in, it has a comedy club and it's at a restaurant. And, and because of that, there's rules. Right? Yeah. And you would never go to a restaurant where they do that. And I like that the, the manager said that because it's like going, yeah, we're glad you're here, and you are the customer, 
but you're not always fucking right. Yeah. And I like that announcement that they play that. But yeah, do the one minute to show time because you know Never what? Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we want to take this opportunity to welcome you here, whatever club you're at. Other than that, you make an announcement, you come up with your own, or and then other than that, we're a minute from showtime and have the lights go down and then a song. Minute you go, other than that, I get off every night when I go. Other than that, we're one minute to showtime. Boom, in comes the music. <laughs> the right. lights go down. And then when that song's done, you hear a little bit of quiet. Ladies and gentlemen, understated to me is always bigger. Rather than going, you know I'm from! There's in-between. <laughs> that's, that's what we have them do every time. Well, by the way, maybe there's an in-between. Maybe we, there's we an in-between. the biggest dicks in uh, showbiz. The, the Ladies t- and gentlemen. T- how I would do it if yeah, I was there. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. The biggest. I'd have some umph in my voice. <laughs> yeah, you got to change it. If like, I'm in, do, do do the. It's the tastiest. Let me do this. Oh yeah, the tastiest. No, you do it. You do it. Oh, it's a, ladies and gentlemen. You know them from their movies: Super Troopers, Club Dread, Beer Fest, and the Slam and Salmon. Put your hands together for the tastiest dicks in Hollywood, or in comedy. Well, yeah. I, first of all, I think that's very funny, <laughs> yeah. and I would just do it. I wouldn't do it if I'm introducing Todd Barry and I own a club. Yeah, I'm probably gonna go, ladies and gentlemen, Todd Barry, because then. The audience erupts, right? But I'd up it a little because of who you guys are, you know, right. at the style of who you guys are. But I go, you know, I'd do it more like, ladies and gentlemen, you know them. Please welcome. I, I'd do it like. Well, that. the thing is, we usually, we usually, they always have an opener for us who does like ten minutes. We we tr- we're trying to limit them to ten minutes because our show is ninety minutes or always eighty-five limit minutes. Them. Yeah, yeah, and so. Uh, you know, and I would say, unfortunately, like the the problem you run into when you don't bring an opener is that a lot of the openers, or I'll say, you know, some of the openers, not a lot, and, and I'm being honest when I say that. Oh, yeah. Some of them are not funny, and that's because they're getting their chance to do it. They haven't honed the mm-hmm. skill yet, or they're not funny, or for whatever reason, you know, it's just it's just not working. Yeah. But you know, a lot of times they go out there and you know they kind of steal the energy from the room. <laughs> um, By the but, way. Go ahead. But sure. they're the ones who are doing it. And so we always say, at least, you know, this is the basic bare bones thing. You can say our movies and then say our names. Some guys will put it over the top and be like, you know, like one guy was like, Steve, Lemmy, and Kevin, fucking heifer, man. And <laughs> yeah. we like that one. We, we like that one. Now, are there ever times when you're doing stand-up comedy where you've been, you know, a few nights on the road doing the same routine? Obviously, you're always, you know, changing the show up each night. But are there ever times where you catch yourself just sort of reciting? N- the- Rarely. Okay. Rarely. I, I, I have my bits. I, you can tell I've done a lot, but rarely. Because I'm always doing it a little different, or I'll play with it. On if purpose? L- yeah, like, like may, maybe it not on purpose. Cause I, I find never... getting wrote sometimes. Like, sometimes I'm like, you know, you, your mind's somewhere else, and you're in the middle of some bit or something like that, you know? Usually not. No? Usually not, because I'll, I'll um, at a corporate show, yeah, because I get nervous as shit. <laughs> as the, but keep in mind, like, and again, you know, you guys have relatively, I mean, you went into this maybe not doing stand up a long time but you go you went no, into we're, it we're yeah. stand up pussies we we like we haven't had to deal with yeah. all of the hard knocks that that sure stand up comedians right. have had to and deal with and the comfortability with. you get i'm i always play like if they're liking one bit i'll do it t- twice as long or i'll switch it around so i i usually try to not do, you know oh yeah no our situation is is way different like we have like cocaine in the green room that they provide for us <laughs> and yeah, like why not? we just a writer. we stretch our penises across the the tables like an icon <laughs> like a religious icon people can just worship at it that's how I, easy i, I want to go see a show i would open up for you in a heartbeat we would like open. We'd open for you. Yeah. You know. We'd open for you in a heartbeat. Except ninety minutes would be chewed up off the clock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If there was a situation where you were in town, because I get I think that if people, you know, like, 
I don't know. I, you know your audience better than me, but I would think if people are fans of yours, then I, I would probably be fans of theirs. Sure. Yeah. Because, you know, they're maybe fans of yours, though. I, I hope. Yeah. I hope. But, like, there's some people that you could see having a double audience. You know, you could see. I don't know. I haven't performed. I haven't seen your audiences. But I would imagine, like, your movies are so specific that I would think that they'd be. Uh, we I tell, would like them. We tell dick jokes. <laughs> That's all we That's do. That's what we do. What's your uh, theory on um, standard specials? Like, I know, like, people told us it's like what you do in, to build an audience in the stand-up world. You do your show. You do it for a while. When you get in a good place, then you shoot it. Or you do an album. And then you go for it again. And each time you put something out to kind of a more mass market, you will build your crowd that way. And so we've kind of been thinking about that in terms. Do you, have you subscribed to that theory or... You know, it, I, I used to have a manager that thought, like, oh, you just go back to the clubs and every time you're a bigger draw. And unfortunately, I don't think that happens. Yeah, I don't know if that – I don't it know. Does, it's, your, it's your – with you guys, it'll be your stand-up or your specials or your movies. Yeah. And then you just – you know, it just perpetuates – now, this is what's great about this because you'll have this. Mm-hmm. Yes. See, that's the thing. Like, you know, like the next time whatever you, – you, this audience is – this is constant. You know, yeah. if, if you're if you're not doing a movie for a while, in your case, or you're not doing whatever you're doing, this will be constant. So I think that's what'll just keep building and building your audience. But do you, you know? sh- have you done a lot of specials? Have you? Shot I haven't done that many. Or... I, I have done my. I did my Comedy Central special about ten years ago. Okay, and then I did a Netflix. Well, I didn't know it was going to go to Netflix. We mm-hmm. just shot it and then sold it to Netflix about a year and a half ago. Yeah. Okay. So now when I'm ready, the next one I want to do in a little room. Next yeah, one, yeah. I'm going to beg. To, I already have well, it We did ours head. in the Punchline in San Francisco. Oh, that's a great. We did ours. We had a great, we had a great time. Well, we, you know, that's a great club. Yeah. Man, they, by the way, I steal a lot of my verbiage in the opening announcement from them. And, and that's oh, really? when I stopped playing music during the opening announcement. I used, to, I, I, learned, I used to play like, you know, a song. Hey, everybody, welcome to the improv. You know, sit back, relax. We had a great show. And don't, with music playing. And then there I was once, I noticed I was in the back and I watched them turn all the lights down. People figured it out, yeah. and then just a clean voice. Ladies and gentlemen, I love the one line. They go, uh, unfortunately, if you, ha- if you heckle, we do have to ask you to leave the room. We only do it that way because that's the way our customers have wanted since we opened our doors in 1982. Oh. I love that because it's going, <laughs> it's not even us. Our customers yeah. don't want to fucking hear fault. you heckle. Yeah. Our customers, they don't want to fucking hear it. Yeah. Like, we don't give a shit. We, we, whatever our customers want. And, uh, but I stole, that's a, that's a well-run room. Yeah, it yeah. is. We, I mean, one of the things we wanted, to, you know. How'd you pick that room, by the way? Well, we, 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 Sorry. we specifically wanted fucking to have uh, uh, interrupter. We love that. You're a fucking interrupter. You guys are all interrupters. We, you know, like all the specials that are <laughs> out there right now, are, all, the punch, all the specials that are out there are like uh, these big, massive theaters. And then sometimes it's guys who probably couldn't fill that theater. But when we started going around and doing this, we thought the, the most fun that we had were in the kind of those rooms where they're packed in. And the ceilings were low, and everyone's dr- has a drink in their hand, and you're not too far above them, a little bit above them, but not too far above them. Yeah. And that was that club vibe, and and it felt like a lot of that stuff wasn't captured. You know, like you're right. Like I think, think Zach Galifianakis did in the Purple Onion, and I think there are times where you see it, but we're like, God, that, that's the most fun we've been having. We should just try to do that. And then also just in terms of like being simple, you know, we come from a filmmaking background. We were able to get, you know, a couple of camera guys we know and a sound guy. Let's Did anybody fight you on that? Uh, no. No. You yeah. know why? Because we, we just made it sound like here's what we're doing. We paid for it out of pocket. Uh, we're, we know we're doing. We make movies. And this is what we're going to do. And then uh, so nobody really fought us on it. And because, uh, you know, the other thing is like. We're not here trying to like make ourselves look huge on some huge theater stage mm-hmm. with a the huge in a huge you know ornate theater. 
We're trying to let people know that we do stand up. Well, we're trying people to know us from yeah. our movies. We're trying to capture you know I mean? the energy that, you know, you're, you're, that really exists in our in our live shows, which is a, it is a rowdy energy for yeah. sure because our fans are kind of rabid, and you know we do bring them up on stage immediately and kind of open the room up to like that rowdy behavior. Yeah. But and the was, thing is, that's what I was saying. I'm not backpedaling. I, I and when it comes to stand up, I'm very firm in what I believe. The, the the energy that you have is the energy that you can keep through the whole show. So even though you, even you're saying sometimes they get a little drunk, you're not uh, you're not creating something that you're creating something that is what you do the whole show. It's not like you're opening and then throwing that audience to somebody else. Yeah. You right. know what I mean? That right. maybe, so what you do that for, for, for that situation, uh, I would have completely different rules, you know, yeah. like, yeah. uh, because, and, and you're just, you deal with that audience from the time. You're sleeping in that bed. Katie left. She's well, Katie, she's Katie is always gone. I think she's reading comic books downstairs. <laughs> yeah. Here, here, she's coming back now. Katie, you know, Katie doesn't listen to our podcast. <laughs> she never listens to our. Well, podcast. I don't listen to podcasts either, so I can't give her. You should watch that. our stand-up special, Todd. I will watch your stand-up special. Yeah, I was thinking that we shouted the punchline. Oh, you did. What made yeah. you choose that? What if we were well, that? Let me out tell of you don't something. Even listen yeah, to tell anything you something. we talk about. Have you ever been there? Thing. Have you ever been there? The punchline? No, <laughs> yeah. I've never been there. Has that a good club? It's good. It's they have a club. They have an awesome uh, opening thing to the customers. Yeah. I hear. Yeah, it's like an announcement. Did you Somebody. change anything about the room? Did you have to? Uh, this is no. We uh, didn't. A couple no. Of well, I mean, uh, uh, we were trying to keep the cost as low and just go like as gorilla as we could. There was talk about you know changing the background. How many shows did you do? We did. We shot shot five shows. Oh, see, you're so smart. I would. Rather keep the budget lower and be able to do five yeah. shows because well, you were relaxed. I bet. Yeah. So we shot like the Thursday night show. We just shot the audience. Didn't even shoot us. Just the audience. Just people get laughing. You know. But and then the the once you were warmed up, then Friday Saturday night we shot both shows, two cameras, so you had eight different angles. Yeah. In full disclosure, I mean, what it was was, and we have learned this. You know, we know this empirically is that like if you say, hey, you know, we're gonna we want to shop this thing around and. You know, we're going to pick a day based on, you know, the decision we get. Then that stuff can get dragged on forever. So usually now, certainly for the last couple of years, we've been in, in the movies, we've just said, okay, this is the date we're going to start shooting. Yeah. You can be on board or you can not. We're going to fund we said it our ourselves. Agent. Okay, we looked at our schedule. We said, we're going to shoot at the punchline. Talk to Molly Schminke and get us in the punch and get it okay with them and we're doing it. You know, in terms in terms of that place, I mean, you know, it's it's uh, it was just a fun vibe. And and uh, oh no, no no fuck see see how that's how out of it I am we pick a day and we say we're going to shoot and in this case nobody had had purchased it we were trying to shop it and finally in the process somebody said okay we're coming on board but they didn't give us the money until after we had shot it which actually was great because it kept the cost down really to the bare amount the the and bare we just minimum did what we wanted to do yeah. yeah and then it's like and then you get all the money and you're like holy shit like we're making this paycheck because the cost was next to nothing relatively speaking whereas then you hear about these some of these specials that are like three hundred fifty thousand dollars to shoot well we shot one for broken lizard we did a comedy special at the el ray where we that's all where did. i did mine yeah okay. did we talk about this yet? no we haven't okay I, that to me is perfect in between not too big yeah but not it's not and people can drink and people can yeah. have fun and whatever, whatever. Yeah. yeah and we did it there and you know we did it for comedy central and 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 the Price, I think, got a little out of control. You know, you got cranes in there, and yeah. you got all kinds of people, whatever, and it just seemed like you were we were missing the boat a little bit on what we were... Mine mine was there, and, and, and I think as far as specials go, from what I understand, mine was relative... And I loved them. Uh, I did it with New Wave, and they were just perfect. Oh, that's who we're talking to now. Oh, you are? Well, they, I think yeah. they spent around 50000 on mine, which is okay. relatively... That's cheap. Cheap, yeah. and when it, but you could do it a lot less. I mean, you yeah. could do you could do a crazy great special these days. Paul F. Tompkins did his in a place called in Atlanta and a place called um, the Laughing Skull, and it seats eighty people. Yeah, 
and did it. As long as it's full, changed. I mean, it's great. It's a great. Vibe, yeah, I, I you know? say it all the time. I would rather uh, play for a hundred people in you know a one hundred person seat theater than play for five hundred people in an eight hundred seat theater because the energy of a packed room it doesn't matter if it's super small. People look it's around and they're excited. like, "Yeah, we're jammed in here." It's exciting when a room's packed. It's like I, this little room in Philly. I work seventy five people, and. You know, when when the first audience is letting out, the audience for the second show is letting in. It's just as exciting. It's like as long yeah. as it's packed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, when you go to Philly, is that like you're obviously returning home. Is that like the rowdiest crowd you get? Are people fired up? No, they, most of them, thank you know, thank goodness or whatever. I, I do my once a year at Helium, which is yeah. a great A-plus room. Right. And then I do this little room maybe two times a year, like maybe three sometimes. It doesn't affect my helium date, so they don't care. Yeah. That's the room that's like 75 people. And um, no, they're not rowdy. They're not rowdy. I mean, and they're fun because I'm very silly, but they're not really... We've uh, had some of the rowdiest... We did... Uh, well, we, I think we talked about this. We did a place called Underground Arts, which is a new place, just trying to do comedy. It's a, it was a standing show, and it was so rowdy. And then we also did that was, the Trocadero. That was one of the most drunk crowds yeah. at the... But the Trocadero was a fucking drunk loved. crowd, too. You have know you what, ever it, been there? Uh, I have n- oh the no, truck. but I know the Trocadero. Yes, that's great. That's a great place for a comedy show. Yeah, it's pretty good, but it was pretty pretty rowdy. You it's, know, it's good to do if you have a rowdy room. And I'm just making this up right now. Like uh, your crowd is rowdy, but good. They're there to see you. So right. they're, they're they're these are the tips know. we need. These are the tips we need. Maybe like do something towards the end, like m- music or something. Because then at that point, I used to close with Sweet Caroline for a long time. You sang it. Uh, no, did you I, sing? Yeah. I did, but the joke became like, here's what happened. I used to just sing because I didn't have a closing bit. So I would just say, oh, Sweet Caroline, that's a fun song. <laughs> right. And then I would yell when they weren't doing it. And somebody goes, I think that's so funny how you act like you're mad. I go, oh, is that what I do? I act like- <laughs> Meanwhile, I would really be upset. Come on, sing it. <laughs> right, right. Come on. And then it became where I would stop in the middle. You son of a bitches. I can't believe it. You can't sing a song. I should walk off this fucking stage right now. And it became a thing. But I realized like at the end of the show, even if there was a late show Friday, because that bit took around eight minutes nine minutes to do from beginning to start stopping it starting it then i would go if you don't sing it you know that poor doing misery where she hits his leg <laughs> then that, it became even longer i would go i'm gonna show it it's on the screen right now and i would go roll it and they would roll it the hat the, the sledgehammer oh, so you go, actually had it yes i would okay, have it on okay. the big screen so That's i would terrible. play it when they weren't sing halfway through and she would wind up it would come right to her feet and we would have it paused on the DVD. Yeah. So there's no way they could not be able to pause. It was already paused. Yeah. And then track two was hitting. Yeah. And I never played it except once. I go, you <laughs> motherfuckers. And I played it. <laughs> Boom. Hit the leg. I'm like, ah, son of a bitch. So, and I was like, so there was music towards the end. So even if they were like a little rowdy towards the end, I could be rowdy with them and sure, enjoy sure. it. Kevin sure. and I have, have talked about like, y- you know. Because one of the things is trying to figure out what we're going to do for you our two-man sing. thing. You could sing. Jesus Christ. I could oh, – I, I should I come sing, see man. your show. Like, you could sure. have, you could do that. It could be fucking this crazy closer. Well, we talked about Rock. doing, like, a harmonizing thing. Yes. Like a James Taylor song? Yeah. Well, what was it? Sweet – like, <laughs> or going to Carolina. Yeah, totally. yeah. In my mind, <laughs> I'm going to Carolina. <laughs> I don't know the words, but I'd like to. I like totally opposite. Oh yeah, I come see your closing. Come see it if we sang that. We should. Where we? So we're going to be performed together. Where are we going to do that? In Los Angeles, probably. I want to open for you guys. Why can't we open for you? Oh, you could, but I, but I more want to. You know, we should do. We should uh, just do a three man, like no two man bits or anything like that, and pick out of a, a hat. On stage in front of everybody, like who's going to go first, who's going to go second, or who's going to go third? Oh, I wouldn't want to go last. I just why, open. why, 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 why? Be hard. Why? What do you mean, you're you're oh, a pro. You're man. Todd Glass. God damn it! Toughest man in comedy. Mm. I'm very. I don't know. Let's talk about it. We'll okay. talk about that. I, I don't mind saying that because opening is the part you would think I would be like. I'm not opening. I'd be thrilled. I want to open. There's two people I wouldn't mind opening for. It's a compliment. Okay. 
I mean, I'm talking about like I go on the road and well, I do open for people like Louis C.K. Yeah, but I'm talking about it's like in a, in a w- that might have a more uh, rowdy crowd, but I would still fucking get off on it. Yeah, is um, uh, I'm so embarrassed right now. What so, I just love what he does. What I does he go look to like? see it. What does he he look sings. Like? He's he does singing, but he does. Nick Thune. <laughs> no, he's not a comedian. Mick Jagger. Oh, this guy's this guy's not a comedian. Yeah, he, he was he was in Wedding Singers. He he is oh, a, Adam Sandler. Oh, no. oh oh wait the the Dick Band he, the, the Jam Band. Yes, he wears the, he wears a jumpsuit on stage. Oh, uh, the, the Dan Band. band. Yeah, that's I, I, I love to just go out and open for the Dan Band. Okay, yeah. okay, and that's probably a, you know a, a, a very well rowdy's a weird word. I'm afraid your listeners are like we're rowdy. It's just they're, they're yeah they're you they're oh no no they're rowdy they're, they're rowdy. rowdy and they know they're, they're drunk rowdy. and they're rowdy they know they're rowdy. We yeah. you know like like we made a movie called Beer Fest and right. we make stoner yeah. movies. When was Beer been, Fest? How long ago? 2006 it came out. 2006. Yeah. yeah. So like our, you know we know I mean we've had at Cobb's you know talk about like policing the audience or trying to like we've had. Like, you know, them cleaning up vomit after shows. <laughs> yeah. I mean, our crowd is so nice. drunk sometimes. Nice. I would like to just go. That's why I want to open. Because you know what? I want to open it and then just go into the crowd and enjoy it. Right. Not have to worry. I have to go on last. Somebody might vomit on you in the crowd, though. Well, I'd be all right with yeah. that. Let's let, mm. talk about acting, acting, acting. Ugh, has there ever been horrible. a... Horrible. Wait, why can't you ever... tell a joke? Why can't you tell a joke? You just put it on the spot. He I knows like a joke. Acting. Okay, huh? go. The joke? Oh, a joke, joke. Um... But I, I, I have you. Was there a time in your life where you are, or, or do you aspire, or do you like? What I figured you, out my. I can, audi- did you do the audition thing? Like, what's your? I know the answer. Okay, go. Here's what what I realized after a while. Yeah. I had the same thing in acting that I had happen in with school. I used to think, "Come on, Todd, you don't study the script. That's your problem." Yeah, you know, like same thing. I would remember in school thinking, "Nobody pays attention, Todd. You got to pay attention." I remember in ninth grade going, "You just got to pay attention." And I realized in hindsight, I couldn't. I had a seriously a cross of understanding or dyslexia things. Or yeah, whatever, and it yeah. really affected yeah, yeah, me. Yeah, it was yeah, real, sure, and they sure. didn't know a lot about it back then. Yeah, acting, same thing. I thought you're just not going in prepared. You're not going in prepared. Yeah. Um. So. But I told Louis C.K. this once when I did a part on his show. It was so little. Yeah. And I realized while we were shooting it. This is a year ago. Yeah. When my problem happens. And he told me a story that which I was it made it all make sense. And I told him that I go, when I get blocked, when I when I get told to block things, like, you know, hey, I know you normally be four feet from someone when you're talking or two, but cheat a little and be two feet. Talking, okay. By blocking, you're talking about where you're standing. Yeah, in the like scene. St- right, right, cheat right. a little. Those yeah, yeah, cheat yeah, blocking right. mixed right. with cheating. You know, yeah. I know you're normally two feet away, but just for this move a little closer. And right. I know you would normally say your line there. One, I start to panic and sweat pours down the front. One blocking <laughs> piece of advice. Right. Second, because you're thinking about it, or? I'm thinking about the blocking. Okay. Gotcha, okay. and I get nervous, and I start sweating. So I told Louis C.K. that after, because I'm not, I'm not hiding it now. Oh, by the way, with my own work, I did shoot a pilot few years back with Adam Sandler called Todd's Coma. With mm-hmm. my own work, I'm oh, yeah. fine. Yeah. I'm I fine. It. I was proud of it. Like, I literally, the night before, go, no one checked with my acting. It's like a big, big budget show. Yeah. Sony and and Happy Madison. Yeah. I go, no one really checked on my acting. Here. <laughs> yeah. Like, I swear to God, I thought, I, I first day when I was like, I was good. I was proud. You can do things your own way a little bit. You're like, no, we got that. That, not too much of that, but a little bit of that. Or, oh, no, no, no. That's the line. That's You can defend your stuff, and it's good. So I told Louis C.K. that story after I did one line on his show. Yeah, yeah. And when we were flying home, I said, Louis, like that, I, I don't, I'm one of your friends that's not going to ask for more. I, I had a hard time doing that. Yeah. He goes, you know, it's funny you say that about the blocking, because when you came in for my first show, we had already picked the person we were going to use, you know, on the first Louis show on HBO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. HBO, yeah, yeah. He goes, we brought you in hindsight. You came in, you read, and when you left the room... He goes, I don't know if I should tell you this. I'm like, no, no, tell me. He goes, when you left the room, we all looked at each other. We went, are you all thinking what I'm thinking? They're like, what? He goes, it's Todd Glass. Like, yeah. with that, and they're like, yeah. 
That's your fucking guy. Chris Albrecht, and by the way, I, I respect this because I like people that know their shit. Yeah. Right, right. Even if it means I didn't get the part. He goes, have him come back again and walk around and read. <laughs> I'm, like, oh. I'm like, well, and, well, first of all, I remember them saying, come back in. They didn't say walk around where I thought there was a problem, but I remember them going, hey, let's do the scene. And Louis sort of went in and we were, and the minute they said walk around, I, I just should have said, yeah, I guess I'm not getting this, right? Yeah. Because I would always find a reason to sit down. I'd be like, hey, okay, here's the thing. You're, you're chasing this guy down the street and here we go. I go, oh, I guess I'll sit for this. You know, yeah. I'd always try to sit, you know? So that's the problem. So acting... I don't go out on auditions anymore at okay. all. Zero. Okay. Do people call you up and say, hey, Todd, come in Once and read in a blue and, moon, and yeah. even then I get fucked up with blocking. Like, I did something for uh, Comedy Bang Bang where it was like, come in. They couldn't have been nicer. Like, no, you can do this. I got there. I had to fake fall. See, if it's my own work, I won't do anything I'm uncomfortable in. Yeah, yeah. And I had to fake fall. I was drenched in sweat where they literally looked at me and they went, oh, my God, are you okay? I couldn't tell them because I, you know, I just had to go, oh, yeah, it's hot in here. And I couldn't go. I'm nervous. Right. Sure. So... That's why I don't go out but on But there are ways to get around that, Tom. There are ways to shoot. For you, there are. No, there are. There are. I mean, when, when you shoot it, like we've talked about it with people with guests, and uh, uh, you can shoot something in a very kind of like wider way where you're not concerned about oh, your blocking oh. or, you know, yeah, you yeah, have to yeah, worry yeah. about that kind if of If you stuff. have control. Yeah. But if you don't have control. Right. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, no, you seem like, I mean, you, you seem like to be a great actor. I mean, I'm trying to, you know, suck your dick here, but you great presence. He's great improv he's skills. Like I just wondered, no, you know, to be we'll, to be confident. There yeah. have been things I've been hired to do, like more independent things, where they li- literally did everything. They didn't block. They did. They just know. And I yeah. and I was proud of my work. Yeah, I was really proud of my work. Even one scene where I had to get a little sad. And I remember thinking, "You got this," but no one stopped me to block. I mean, look, I, I'm not a, a monster. If they said, "Hey, can we get that again?" That type of stuff. Oh yeah. But when the blocking and the if they get me on a line. I will literally go. I go for independent stuff. Now, obviously, if I get if I go out for an audition and I get a movie and it's a big director, I can't do this. Yeah. So that's why I don't go out for auditions. And my manager knows it right now. He he doesn't make me go out on auditions, and I'm happy and I love my life. But the old <laughs> way, oh, I had diarrhea 24 sure. hours a day. I, I hate getting auditions. But that's too. a that's an interesting thing. Though. I mean, we you know Kevin and I have been talking about that a lot. It's like you know certainly as you as you gain the experience, it is like you know dating people. You know where you like after. 10 years of, of you know, being in relationships, you realize mostly what you don't want anymore. You know, and it's the same way in, 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 like, script writing. We've had jobs that we've been hired for, that, and you're on it for a year, or a year and a half or something like that, and you're like, after a while, you're like, fuck, I hate this job, and it seems like there's no end in sight. And then you start to realize, you know what, I'm only going to do things I want to do. Yeah. And so, you know, I hate audi- – I don't really go on many auditions anymore either. I, I go on a lot. I do go out a lot. If they don't make you, by the way, when I say this, it's not like I'm shitting on auditioning. Obviously, no, if auditioning I, is the worst process in the yeah. world. It's but some people process. don't. It doesn't bother. Like I have friends that go on commercial auditions. If they didn't bother me, it would be ridiculous that I didn't go on some commercial auditions. So what? How hard are they? You go and I have friends. They'll be laughing, and I get nervous on the car ride. That's fake. There. That's all fake. That's yeah. all fake. I think everyone hates it, and I think everyone gets con- nervous. I'm. A, I mean, I'm a pretty confident guy, but I fucking hate it. I hate it. And the the trick is to make people think you don't hate it. The trick is to sit in that room and talk to people and laugh and feel cool about it. But you're still on the inside. You're like, God, I'm standing in front of a person, putting myself Ugh. out there. They're judging me. There's a laundry list of people they're going through. I'm the 30th guy they're looking at. They couldn't give a fuck about me. Yet here I am, spending my day doing this Although shit. I will say, the, you know? the one thing that really helped me with that issue was stand-up comedy. Once I, started, once I started doing stand-up comedy, I found myself to not be as nervous yeah. by a lot in those rooms. Like, I would say... 80% of my audition anxiety has been alleviated. Comparative yeah. to, yeah. The way it used to be. I used to do that for days. 
especially if it was a big audition. I remember like auditioning for the Bronx Tale, you yeah. know, and like I like I was going he, for the audition for Robert De Niro's son in the movie Bronx Tale. Yeah, and it was because really? he kind of looks like Robert De Niro. Well, they were look and they were looking for an unknown to be in this thing, and it's like here I was, I was like twenty one. When was years that old. movie? It's got it's I was twenty one. It's got to be like in the early nineties. Yeah. And so, like, uh, I, I love that movie. Yeah, you know, and I've had several big auditions in my career, like really big ones, where you're like, "Oh my god," trying to memorize it, and like, so terrified. And you go in the day of, and afterwards, you're like, "I sucked. That was fucking terrible." And now it's like, after stand up comedy, you know, my anxiety came from memorizing the dialogue in a short period of time. And yeah. I found that with stand up comedy, not only am I much more comfortable in front of a room full of people, but also like. I feel like I can memorize things much quicker. The memorization thing, again, like, I, I'm, it's not like I'm trying to say, oh, no, no, I don't like to use the word stupid amongst myself, but I'm lazily using it. I get I'm not stupid, but I'm going to say, I'm not trying to have I'm stupider than you contest. But when, when, <laughs> you're, you're not stupider than me, when, Todd. I'm you ain't going to win, Todd. I'm you ain't going to win. Stupid. I'm pretty stupid. When it, when it comes to everyone saying it's hard for me to memorize my, memorize my lines, I feel like for certain people, yes, it's hard for everybody, but for me, it might be impossible. Sure. So like when I do an independent film sometimes or something like that, I, I go into it now because I know I'll perform better. I don't read the script yeah. because it's, I'm not going to main, maintain it. It's not like I should read the whole script three times and then freshen up a little when I get to it. No. I just say, give me a second. I go over and I go, will we do like scene at a time? Then I'm awesome. They throw me my stuff. I get the gist of the scene down. And, and I did good and no one complained and they were happy, but I can't do it. I can't. The, the, the direction... The, the last commercial audition I went on, w w when I met Zach Galvanakis years back, like probably like 10 years ago, yeah, yeah. maybe so I may have been a little longer. He told me a story only uh, about three years ago, and he couldn't find it. He goes, I was on a commercial audition with you before we knew each other. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, he goes, and you, the director brought us, the director, the person shooting it, which, yeah. by the way, they're usually very nice. Yeah. They really are. What, 10% of the time you get someone with an attitude, but yeah, mostly they're nice. Yeah. I can't blame them. Yeah. But this this guy was a little little you know uh, he calls everybody in you know when they're not happy when they go okay who's here for the uh, the trident gum ad I'm like oh god it's not going right because he was gonna okay um, he's not angry mad he's angry frustrated and then he did it he brought us all to him and he did it oh, god. well I didn't want to go in anyway so yeah. I, I I vaguely remember this a little I looked at him and I went oh I by the way I wanted any excuse to leave so yeah. I go oh my god do. you're yeah. good. You should do it. And I left. <laughs> so Zach took my picture off the wall. He goes, oh, that's funny. I want to I like, get that guy's Who, picture. That guy? that's that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he kept saying he had it, he had it, he had it. Finally, like a month ago, he emailed it to me. That's, he found oh, it. In his, and I go, it brought back horrible memories. Like I remember the wall and where that was at. It was down at the one on um, where all the commercial editions are. There's like a, oh, whatever that area is, it just gives me a, um, um, Abbott Kenny. <laughs> right, okay, right, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this. Yeah. 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 It would yeah, give yeah. me a stomach ache, but I remember that, and, I, and now I have the picture of me up on the wall. I, I, you know, I had a terrible one. You probably remember this, Kev. Like, yeah. I, I used to work at a record store, uh, the HMV record store. It was my first job out of college, the early 90s. And, and it was one of those big, like, you know, like a big warehouse of, of, of CDs. And they were shooting a, a, a commercial for a CD compilation mm -hmm. on TV. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's going to be like, and it was from the 90s. It was like, Hot a, Summer Nights. Yeah, not the 90s. It was, it was the 70s. Yeah, something like that. Hot yeah, Summer yeah, Nights. Yeah. And, uh, and I was an actor, and we were doing our sketch comedy stuff. And so they were shooting it in there for two days. And on the first day, like, somebody went to the director and was like, oh, see, the, the kid over there, he's, he's an actor. He was wondering if he could, uh, you know, be in the commercial. 
And uh, you know, the guy was like, <laughs> you know, tell him to like pick a song because they were just they were just bringing in people to like you know they would sing and they would ask him questions and they were supposed to lip sync <laughs> to the music and so it was like there was no reason why I shouldn't be able to do that, but because I worked there, the guy was a, a, a jerk about it. But so like all night, I, I was practicing singing uh, Van Morrison "Brown Eyed Girl." <laughs> <laughs> in bed with my Sony disc man on my ears like hey where did we go then when the rain came on the rain, you know like doing the whole thing all night long I probably practice I get like this I probably practice it like 80 times and like in the mirror and enthusiastic and like as much flourish as I could put on it and then the next day they were shooting all day and I was just standing there and my manager was like yeah just you know get there you just stand there you don't have to work today just stand there we'll, we'll pay you don't worry about it and so I was sitting there like all day long and the guy knew I was there he waited till the very end. I was the last guy, and then I, I got up there, and he's like, all right, go. And I started singing. It was like, doon, you know, doon, doon. And I was like, hey, where did we go? And he's like, all right, cut, cut, cut. He's like, that's terrible. That's terrible. Forget it. He's like, don't worry about it. You know, next time. And, like, pulled that shit on me. Jesus. And it was one of those things. I wish I could remember the guy's name. Give me a stomachache still. No, I know. To hear it. Like, the guy, okay, no. How, how, you think that's how it was really like, or do you think, like, No, it was definitely how, he cut me off, like, five bars into it. You know what he's doing now? Tell me. Always get people's names, and then years later. Find out what they're doing. Yes, and then if they're doing bad, you call them up, and you go, I just want you to know that I'm not happy you're doing bad. Because I'm not a mean person. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people will call you. I'm good. You're doing bad. I'm not. And I'd like to bring you in for an audition that I'm doing in my movie. Yeah. And then you do the same motherfucking yeah. thing. Yeah. Payback is a bitch. <laughs> exactly. That's not really how I would want to be. Go through life. But no, it would but be you funny want. To, no, you, but like it's it's. There are people who. I mean, I didn't deserve that. I was just a no. kid. He could have just said no. We you know we don't have the time or like or he could have just let me yes. do it. No. Yeah. No. I, I've 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 had like the last. I've told you this story. I have a couple of them, but I'm going to tell you one story. Tell both, the, Kev. Uh, tell both. No, it, that, that, I don't want to bore anybody. But no, I, I, uh, uh, the, the worst one I had recently was uh, I went in for a TV show, and it, the room was packed. Mm. It was packed with uh, – and it was the lead on a, on a show, on a, on a you know, kind of a networky thing. And I'm like, okay. So you know, like, that's where I am now where I'm like, I'm not going to go for – I have to really want it, right? So I'm like, I'll go. And I did it. And all the way across town in rush hour, I drive over to the valley. And the room is packed with people, and people you know, people you recognize, you know what I mean? Comics and whatnot. And so I'm the last guy. And so uh, uh, this particular guy, who we all know, went in before me, and he went in there for, uh, he was in there probably for like a half an hour. And like, they were firing through people, and I'm like, oh my God, the guy's never, I'm the last guy sitting alone in the room. I'm like, oh my God, this guy, he got the job. This guy got the job, you know? And so finally, I'm going to leave. You know, I'm like, what the fuck? And, uh, and, uh, like, oh, Kevin, oh, come on in. They call me in, and it turns out, uh, uh, there's like f- empty food containers, uh, in the room, right? What happened was they had, they read that guy, and then before they did the last guy of the night, they decided to eat their dinner while I waited out in the fucking conference room. And then they had me come in and read. There's a disconnect when they do shit like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I'm like, are there's you fucking kidding with, me? There's a disconnect with Because you life. know who's out there. When we have audition movies, you know exactly you know how many people are out in there. there. Yes. You're going to take uh, 20 minutes to eat your dinner when you can just do me in five minutes and then go fucking home and make me sit there? Like how, I, like how I, angry Todd was. When I hear these, yes, exactly. I have the, na- I have the name of those guys. I have it's the names so, of those so, guys. I did, when I, when and I, I know the guy they cast, too. He's a good friend of ours. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I have the name of those guys, and I will not forget that. When Shoot. I did, when I had the one opportunity only to have to cast people, yeah, I'm going to say it. I don't think I'm, I always say this, it means I'm not perfect. When I'm talking about something good I did, I always go, I steal hotel towels. And that's my way of saying, I'm not trying to act like a saint. I cheat on my taxes. And you know what, if I'm at the grocery store, this is something I've 
really made a concerted effort to not do anymore. And if they didn't charge you for something genuinely, you don't say anything. Like, I'm not a saint, but I'm allowed to also. So I say that. So it's like, yeah, if you tell that you're not trying to go, oh, look at me how great I am. But I have areas where I'm proud of myself. And when I cast my show and I went out of my way to do every fucking thing that I could to make everyone breathe easier. And you know what? I hope it did. And the hardest one was when we were reading people, like down to the last one. You know, like there's the guy reading. I went out. I talked to everybody. I go, I know this blows. I go, but like just, you know, just trying to like, you know. And then I remember there was one kid who did really bad on the audition. And I thought his dad was mad at him because I heard him being frustrated with him in the hallway. Right. And I called that night. Oh, my I got God. Him. And then the dad, I knew it. I, I'm not stupid. I knew it. The dad goes, oh, my God, no. I, I am not that parent. He goes, I didn't say were you yelling at your kid. He goes, no, he was frustrated. And he was, and I'm like, I've told him so many times. Like, I was like, don't do this to yourself. You heard me <laughs> being frustrated with my son for being frustrated with himself. Like, right, I'm trying right, to go, right, right. you know, Dylan. I remember the kid's name, Dylan. Yeah. He goes, Dylan, this doesn't, it doesn't. And I was like, you did fine. He didn't. You know, he forgot all his sure, lines. Sure, you yeah, know? sure. But, He's a um, kid, though. He was a kid, on. you know. That's but anyway, that. I tried to. Um... No, when we were sitting on that side of the couch, which we've done many times, it's, it's uh, you try to be nice. And then, yeah. and then you know when you go into those rooms and people aren't nice, you're like, well, fuck you. Because yeah. I've been where you're sitting. And a little goes a long way yeah. in those sometimes, situations. It really does. Sometimes I've had it where there's too nice, like where I can't get it better. And they would be like, I remember one time they went, look, obviously they like something about you. Now I can look back on it and after you cast something, they go, okay, that's what was going on that day. Why wouldn't they just let me leave? And they're like, why don't you? They got, after I did a horrible reading, they go, do you want to come back? On, let me give you some other sides and come back on Monday for a different part. And I was like inwardly going, let me go. <laughs> yeah, just, I, don't want to I do didn't it. want to come here in the no. first place. I told my manager once I went on an audition. I, I told this girl once that I leave half my commercial auditions. I just had a conversation with her. Now I know that, so forget that story now. Sometime later, I'm at my manager's, and his assistant tells me, she goes, Todd, are you going on these auditions? I go, with all the... I go, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> like, why would you even... Oh my, like, how would you even think such a crazy thought? I had to sell it like that. She goes... Right. She, I go, why? She goes, because don't you remember we had a talk once when I was still going out for auditions, and you said you leave half your auditions? And I go, you motherfucker. I go, no, I forgot that that was you. I told you that confidence. Yeah, well, no, she... I told her not thinking she would eventually work at my manager's office sure so one time i came, i got a call back and i never went on the audition i used to be scared to tell my manager i didn't want to go on the audition so i got a call back for a chevy ad and i just played i played not russian roulette but like chicken with him yeah. wherever i went oh i got an audition i thought he was fucking with me because yeah. he fe- thought i he found out i didn't go on it i go oh great and he goes okay so he's just <laughs> he's not lying he's delivering and i go all right well sounds good i'm waiting to hang up the phone when he's gonna f- tell me todd i know you didn't go on the and then I figured out he didn't know. So I went to the callback, and I got the Chevy ad. Okay. But it was just probably they thought they read me once or whatever. But right. Like, anyway. what, now, when you walk out of I've walked out of several auditions. Not mad, by the way. Mostly the time, it's just I'm, I listen to the actor before me. I used to think they were always getting it right. So if I was thinking of doing one read and I heard them screaming, I go, oh, I'm not going to get this. Oh, well, there's, yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of reasons why you would leave. You, know, you said when I walk out, you were going to say well, something. Well, I was going to ask you what you feel like when you walk out. Because I always walk out. I, I'm, I feel liberated. I feel relieved. I feel liberated. I liberated. But I always – I had to. I had to leave. I had to walk out. Well, sometimes I'm like, oh, you should have fucking stayed. But fuck these people. Right. But I've stayed and like been no, been bummed out that I stayed. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, I did that. Uh, I went in for a show and it was a, a, a that that uh, oh, I shouldn't say the name of the show, but it was for a, a, a band. They were a singing band or whatever. Yeah. And uh, and uh, so I went in for the drummer. <laughs> I just like it was a singing 
singing band. Okay? It was a singing band. <laughs> I went in for the drummer, okay? And so you had to, I, I get like the day before I get like the audition, you have to sing a song. And I'm like, I don't want to fuck. I'm not that sing blah, blah, blah. And so they're like, here's the song you have to sing. And it was that REO Speedwagon song. Um, I can't fight this. No, feeling. I can't fight the feeling, but. Uh, keep on rolling? Uh, no. All caught up in hissing. And I'm going to keep on loving you. Is that what you said to me, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to keep on loving you. That song, okay? And so I'm like, oh, fuck. And so I down, you know, I listen to it. I sing it. I was like, this is kind of a hard song. It's kind of high. I'm singing. I'm, wall- I'm going over there. I'm going over the audition. I get in there. And in the room is like, there's like 10 guys with their own guitars, long hair, good looking guys in tight jeans. Uh, dudes like Evan Dando. Yeah. And I can hear the audition in the room and guys are fucking sick. Like I was going to do it like kind of jokey, you know, cause I'm a comedian, right? These guys are laying, they're like doing it and they're like singing in vibrato and all. And I'm like, Oh my God, I got to walk out of here. I got to fucking get out of here. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to do it. And so I go into the room and they're like, all right, let's, uh, well, let's read the piece then. I was like, Oh, uh, uh, you don't want me to do the song. It's like, you're trying for the drummer, right? I was like, yeah, the drummer's like, the drummer doesn't sing. And I was like, uh, uh, Oh, so wait, the drummer, so yeah, you don't have to do the singing. And I was like, but I, you know, and I spent the whole fucking night doing that. <laughs> and then after that, I got I got rattled. And then I totally fucked up the the the, the speaking part of the audition because I thought I was going to have to sing, and then I didn't have to sing because the drummer doesn't sing. That was a rattle of relief, though. That's it, a, that's it a kind different, of that's was, an interesting kind of. But rattle. I was like, well, if there was the drummer to sing, I would much rather have the role now. But then I fucked up the read. I had to. I had to do. Uh, I, <laughs> I love you. I love I, that everybody's stories are. We all have the same. Yeah, it's the same uh, anxiety. Yeah, the same anxiety. Right. Like, right. Do you know what I, I auditioned for the part of uh, of uh, they were doing an O.J. Simpson play? Uh, I auditioned for the part of Ron Goldman. In, uh, <laughs> is that true? It is true. In the Do you remember when I did this? This is like the '90s too. It was after the thing had happened. Somebody was doing like an off Broadway version of the O.J. Simpson, Nicole Simpson Brown, the murder story, and uh, I was playing Ron Goldman. Right. So I went in there in like a suit and and like uh, wire glasses. Wait, is Ron Golan the guy who gets killed or the father? Yeah, no, he gets killed. Okay, the guy who got killed. Okay, well, I, I thought it was the father too. I thought it was the guy with the mustache. That's Doug Ron Benson. Goldman Senior. Oh right, 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 right. Ron Goldman Senior. Doug yeah. Benson used to have that joke. He goes, you know, with all the horror of that, having your, you know, obviously we all understand the horror of having any child killed, you know, yeah, or anybody yeah. you know killed. It's sure. like it's worse than death. It's now it's murder. He still took the time every day, and he would take his hands and. <laughs> take his mustache <laughs> and twirl the ends yeah. so he would look in the mirror at one point that he go you know what fuck this and cut him off my son he would go eh, yeah. keep, yeah. if you're listening to this right now he's twirling he's, he's going it. in he's going to sit in the jury he's going to hear the horrific act but every day twirling the mustache twirling it over and on, a, on any given day that can of pomade is going to run out and he's going to have to have run to, to the store more. and get it oh you know what I, that reminds me what are you getting at the store can you pick me up some extra pomade? Oh, are you shitting me? <laughs> I couldn't believe you used the rest of the stuff you had. I thought you'd cut that mustache off. We're sitting. I need it. I got to do my mustache. Come on. I'm waiting in the car for you. Just yeah. give me a second. I got to do my mustache. Uh, I once had to um, do, um, I was going for a musical, and the song I decided to, to memorize was Rod Stewart, uh, Reason to Believe. Okay. If I listen long enough to you. I'd find a way to believe that it's all true. Oh, God. It's beautiful, it's okay. right? Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Would you want to go to a Rod Stewart concert? Yeah, I've gone I to sort one. sort of do. I've gone to one. I do. I love I've gone to twice. Well, by the way, when you come back to our show, yeah. I am going to have good songs. Karaoke songs? But here's the thing. Good ones. I'm a little mad about what happened. Okay, because because uh, Kevin got to choose his own song. He didn't really get to choose. He got to choose from the shit we had. That's yeah, fine. That's fine. 
but then he chose my song. And but he chose I a, thought I was. He chose a crap song for me. It wasn't a crap song. It's a great song, and it's a great sing along. You should have sung it. Yourself. And it's a great emotional song. You should have sung you it. You just yourself. happened to not know it. Yeah, called in a trap. That's the one. You that was did. I did, and he did lean on me, yeah. which Lee is a song everybody knows. Yeah, it's 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 Come hard on. though. Yeah, I didn't know. When that. I mean, I know the song, but I don't know the new. It's not like I sit around and listen to it all the time, and I know the new. Now you we're getting we we. Uh, she's got a heart out. She's got to go drive downtown. That's disgusting. What heart out? <laughs> <laughs> she's got a heart out. I had a question about Super Troopers. Katie's got a heart out. Okay, can I ask it? Yes, okay, I may as well ask it now. I'll tell you why. In the context, I've been wondering this since I saw the movie. You know, a long time ago. Sure. John Denver. Yeah. Yeah. Was he not? Res- he was. It, was he at the time not really? Was it an insult that he bumped? <laughs> uh, well, and, and, and it depends if, who you talk to. It has part A and part B. And if then he wasn't respected amongst other country acts, now in time, as time, does he now you think have a different rep than he did then? Did people now look back? And John Denver had a lot of good work. Or amongst country music, you might not even know the answer to this. But no, it, I think it's, I think it's a. You understand among, why? Yeah, I, I know. Right? I, I, it's, I think it's amongst the hardcore country music folk. They were bummed out that this guy was coming into their world. What about now? Looking back, now I I don't know. I think I don't know if John Denver's considered kitschy now, or if you know where he stands. But I don't know. We wondered that when we first saw it. We're like, oh, was that like an insult to John Denver? It was John motherfucking Denver. Was that the well? It's the insult was. Because it was coming from my character, which By the way, is an I don't asshole. Care. I'm not def- I don't no, care no, about I know. John Denver. No, because yeah. you know what? We had this conversation because we all love John Denver. And we're, and we're sitting there doing that joke, and we gave that shit to the asshole guy. And so we protected ourselves. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's, it's a like, great... It's, it's such coming a from great... my character, so we're not disparaging John Denver because I'm an asshole. Right, right. Yet there was uh, apparently some truth to that situation. Right. But That's I think it's also like, you know, like for instance, several years ago in the Grammys when... Uh, uh, Jethro Tull won Best Heavy Metal Act, you know, over heavy metal bands, and they were there was a little bit of you know up in armsness about that. Like, why was he even in that category? I, I right. think he's sort of like the pop version, and you know, it's like you have your grittier acts, like yeah. your Waylon Jennings and your Charlie Riches, who then when like you know the pussy comes along, right? They they might even look back and now because we had this conversation about uh, so they might even some acts are shitty they come in they do well and, and they're, all, they're looked upon as if they suck and 30 years later they're looked upon as they suck because they did suck right. others they might change because perceptions we, change we, 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 there, there was an old parody guy and I know we're rapping here there was an old song parody guy from the 50s and I'm forgetting his name Weird, weird Al Yankovic no before oh. in the 50s uh, I, I, he was b- before my oh, time Weird, I, weird Hal <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, it doesn't oh, matter. Right. Oh, oh Strange Hal Alan Sherman yeah. Okay, Alan okay. Sherman. Okay. Before my so it was an Al. He was an Al. Yeah. 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 Alan. Strange Before Al. my time, he was even, um, like, I only know him from looking him on YouTube. Okay. You know, I don't even remember him from when I was little. He looks like it was like, but anyway, he did a song, a parody. It was probably cool because uh, Frank Sinatra and I think um, uh, some other older musician was, and they were singing Pop Goes the Weasel, yeah. okay. but they were doing a parody. I hate the Beatles. Okay. My daughter listens on the thing. It's right. amazing what you can do with no rhythm. And then I hate. And I'm thinking, oh my god, they hated the Beatles. Yeah, right. So now, obviously, years well, later, like he, he he missed the boat. But it was yeah, weird. there were probably other musicians their age that went. I think sure. they don't realize how great. Well, these guys I had are. a similar experience like that. Though recently, I was watching like a, a, a Mark Maron stand up. And it was like a 1993 or 95 stand-up. Oh, I love this. And he's like ripping the internet, right? Oh. And he's like, this thing, the internet, 
it or whatever it was. And I'm like, holy shit, that's funny. He that's might funny. Even, I don't mind saying this because I yeah. bet he could laugh at himself. Yeah. But that's what I said. The people that made fun of podcasting are the same people that made fun of the internet yeah. or they made fun of the Beatles. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the Beatles, exactly. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like Dean Martin did that when he had the Rolling Stones on his show. Like he rolled his eyes. He's like, hey, the Rolling Stones, aren't they great? And that's, you know, it's like you have to judge somebody for their body of work at the end. You yeah. know, I mean, there are plenty of new artists that come. Like if Justin Bieber, who everybody tools on, Probably rightfully so. Yeah, it's his behavior more than absolutely. His. But yeah. if he yeah, if he I comes think. out with fifty number one hits right. over the next twenty five years, people will be like, "Holy yeah. shit, the dude was a genius." Like, well, he's kind of a dick, but he is a genius. Here's my guess on that, and then I know we have to go. Katie's um, got a heart out. I know. Oh, come on. Um, <laughs> is that uh, that's rude? <laughs> it's, it's, ah, you know what you're what? saying. She got a heart out. Oh, come on. Yeah, what? Um, I w- I thought that maybe five years ago Justin Bieber could have been like a Justin Timberlake. Like you know, people didn't think he sure. had it in him. Sure. But now I'm guessing I could be wrong because of mostly his behavior. Because yeah, Justin Timberlake behavior. was a class act. Yeah. All right, yeah. pretty much. You know, I don't think so anymore. I think Justin Timber. I think Justin uh, Bieber. Uh, Justin Bieber is going to look back on and go. He'll he'll fade out. I don't Probably. think he's going to shock everybody. Probably. Yeah, well, he's got nothing we'll, going. We'll see, though. I could be. You wrong. heard it here. You Todd Glass. Put in the time capsule. <laughs> this is great. Now, you know what? The, like, the love average just says that now Justin Bieber is going to become awesome. <laughs> so right, just right. to make you, or I guess it would right. be the comedy. He's going to write a song called Fuck You, Todd Glass. <laughs> oh, that would <laughs> be great. That would blow you up. Yes, that would, that would be big. <laughs> you should badmouth him all the time. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I got home. I, just get talk about few. how you get into weird arguments with your mom. I'm not like. Uh, I, I've never bought a Justin Bieber a CD or downloaded his Bullshit. stuff. Bullshit. No, I really haven't. But I enjoyed the movie because it was sort of like a, 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 a feel-good type of a thing, you know? And I enjoyed it. But um, Believe. my mom once, she goes, she said it like three times when I was home like two years ago. She goes, oh, this Justin Bieber. I go, mom, he's not for you. I go, you know, a lot of people don't like your dog sure. shows you watch. And she goes, why? Well, you got to make fun of my dog shows. Then my other brother goes, what are you two, crazy? Having an, I go, yeah, what do I give a shit about yeah, Justin, Bieber. Justin Bieber? Fuck yeah. All right, let's chew All it. Right. And We got to chew it. We got to chew it before we leave, Katie. We're chewing. Chew, Todd Glass. Go solo, chew. That's a heavy chew. That's a big chew. That's a wet, that's, that's a, a soppy that's chew. That's a good soppy chew. That's a, you know what that is? That's actually not a chew. That's when the dog has his face in the water bowl. Oh. You know, they'll... Right, and the water's going everywhere. I keep the water outside when I had this sloppy water every year. Okay. And then the dog hair gets in the water. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's yeah, their problem. And then they're, the dog food gets in the water, that's too? That's their problem. Yes. That's not your problem. They're horrible stuff. people, by the way. Dogs? The SPCA could never do anything to this group of people. They're, they're always Their dog will always have water and always have food. But sometimes... <laughs> when younger people have dogs even more like in college the dog water is from the day before yeah. and it's got a little hair it's in it oh, fuck come on give the dog fresh water yeah ah, just a dog that's shit. Kevin's thing Kevin hates a pet fucking dog alright All right. thank you Todd Thanks, hey Todd everyone does. listen to Todd's uh, podcast the Todd Glass Show now leaving nerdist.com 